Hey, welcome back to PJ's Son. PJ's Son podcast, I guess. I'm Dominic. I am officially PJ's son. Um, got my buddy Tim over today. Um, if you guys have listened to the podcast at the museum, uh, Tim Taylor, we just had him on a couple weeks ago. Been a friend of mine for years now. Um, uh, was a boss of mine down at that uh, veterans curation program I did down at the Ray building. And I was out running around today and all of our kids are at school and, uh, we didn't, we both didn't have much else going on. So I went and picked him up and we ran errands like a couple New York ladies and, and had some fun running around. What's up, dude? Yeah. Just being a bunch of housewives, you know, we were being stuff done. We were being housewives. Yeah. No home, problem in that. No shame in that. No. Home Depot and Best Buy. I got a new mouse and uh, some other bullshit to try to maybe edit this thing one day. I don't know. We're going to try not to, though. We were just talking about before we got on, huh? Yeah. Like, fuck fuck it. If we got to press pause and then go right back in, yeah. we'll just do that. So We didn't get in this shit to do more work. No. No. That's yeah. not That's not the idea. No, we're here to have fun. And why edit anyway? Well, You know... A mutual friend of ours called me a while back after he listened to those first two, and he's like, you need to stop saying shit so much. And I'm like, are you fucking editing me and, like, trying to tell me how to do my own shit already? Yeah. And I just said shit. And maybe he's right, and I think he was. And he knows a little bit about speaking. We both know him from Scott Air Force Base, so he knows a little bit about... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who we're talking about. He knows, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. He knows a little bit about speaking and stuff, so I do understand what he's saying. Well, I he's think, a little cleaner cut than we are, too. You know? Yeah, He definitely. comes from a little bit cleaner of a cloth than we yeah. do at times, you yeah. know? I mean, he's uh, probably right, because when uh, you meet that person and they just fuck, 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 you almost take it as um, a little less educated uh, yeah. in a way. Yeah. And... I know I have enough um, grasp on the English language that I don't have to say fucking shit all yeah. the time. But when we're talking about certain things, that's just the way that we do it. And he knows that. So fuck yeah. you. You know, but maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but big shout out. We know who you're talking yeah. about. He's a good man. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, help bring us together. So yeah, you know, for he, sure. He knows what he's talking about. He's very good at helping, uh, helping veterans and making connections and just helping in many ways. Recovery. Recovery, very good at that, you know. Uh, I was seeing him in my real fucked up days. Them dark days, huh? Yeah. There's no hole to climb out of, huh? Alicia, fuck no. Yeah. I need an excavator for yeah, that. Oh, shit. Alicia had a friend, um, a lady that she worked with, and this lady's son was going through a lot of the same stuff. So I met all these people. By the way, uh, Tim knows Doc Shapiro. He knows my whole crew. We're all kind of one big crew of recovery and fucking normalcy in life or whatever that means. But um, yeah. So it was third party. All these people, Doc Shapiro, Chris, everybody. Shit, I just dived him out. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't give his last name. Every, so. <laughs> everybody was a part of that whole thing. But I, I just ran into him when I was still heavy, heavy duty. And uh, I, I think I was open with him about it first. I'm not positive. I'm sure I tried to lie for yeah. sure. But I think, but after a while, I just kind of clicked with him. But yeah, I was going over to East St. Louis and shit to see him for a few years. Yeah, at the Vet Center over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize how small the veteran community is. For us, it's pretty big because, you know, all of our friends are vets. Everybody we know are vets. We go to all these all vet things, but. 
the the veteran community is is still kind of small in this area. It's it's large for an area, but it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's a it's a real it's a small subculture of us. So that's why we all know each other. Like you were saying, yeah, you know, Doc Shapiro and everything. Because then once you get into the subculture of combat vets, it even gets even smaller. And, you know, then you go to Iraq vets, it gets smaller, Afghanistan vets. You know, like you can go down these rabbit holes of of people that are these tight-knit circles as you get going down where everybody ends up knowing everybody. Yeah, And, when, uh, and I don't even remember how I met the person we're talking about. I, right. I don't even remember. It's been so long. Well, because there's another subculture, or what I don't know if that's a word or it the is. right word, but um, I gotta of, agree. of the dudes, yeah, of the dudes <laughs> that are trying to get out of the drugs or trying to get into the mental health, and then yeah. there's that whole other group of people that don't want to, right? Yeah. So there's us bunch of pussies that want to make our lives better and like go talk to people and, and yeah. like straighten up, and then there's that crew of motherfuckers that just don't. So it's like, so it, it breaks down a bunch of different ways. I know what you mean. Yeah. And when it gets real challenging is when you're both people. Yeah. When you're trying to climb out yeah. of that hole and you don't want to get out of that hole at the yeah. same time. And that's, I think that's the big challenge. I, it, I think if we went back, it's kind of where we almost met was you right at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, be, trying to be both people at the same time. And then yeah, you kind of got to pick a side and start winning a battle. I think that's probably where you met Chris was, yeah. was because of the VCP. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Curation met Chris program. The VCP, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now you're saying that, uh, yeah, I would do recruiting for veterans. I was always looking for, you know, combat veterans that were transitioning out of the military. Uh, and there's only a, a handful of guys that know who those guys are. And uh, Chris was one of them and some other guys at the VA and other close-knit circles uh, that we all kind of worked together and we all tried to help out all these veterans transition out. And that's how I met him. And then, you know, he asked me to come out and, come to a, a meeting one time and I came out and listened to guys and I really wanted to help out because I knew what guys were going through. I was just in a different time in my life. Yeah. And, uh, well, and that was a good pool to kind of choose from for you guys at the, at the VCP, wasn't it? The Veterans Curation Program is VCP. Yeah. Because, but was that tough? Like, so this dude walks up to you and he's like, you know, he, he looks whatever, he's, he either looks squared away or not. Um, I think we all judge people by the way they look for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think that's being mean. I think that's human nature, but yeah, it is. What was it tough? Because you know, once you go, all right, we'll give these 15 a shot. Like if they don't, if one or five of them don't work out, it's like, you're still stuck with them for kind of five months. Right. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, that's when I was done at the end. It was I like, bet. There, there are guys that just, that just pushed back. that didn't want to buy in that, uh, you know, that, it was great money. Yeah, then they didn't want to, and they didn't want to help themselves. They liked it because I, you know, we would do all the work for you. We we're writing resumes and we we're setting up job interviews and everything. Guys were like, "Nah, I don't want to do that job." And it's like, dude, this is gonna end in three months. Yeah, two months, one month. Yeah, two weeks. And and you get a lot of guys that come in there motivated. I mean, I've met a lot of people sure. through the VCP that are great friends sure. today. You know, you and I wouldn't be sitting here without it. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, ninety percent of guys that came through that really wanted to change their life but man those that one it was usually only one or two per class yeah they would make your life a living hell where you'd want to throw them off that sixth floor window but you can't but it was tough though because that was such good money for that short period of time oh yeah that oh, it was yeah. it was a huge motivator and then but like you said procrastination like a motherfucker so now yeah. now we're down to month 
you know, a couple weeks left or a month left, and you're like, oh, I, I need to work on a resume. What the fuck have you been doing? Yeah, I've been telling you that for fucking four months, dude. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? But now you want to get in with the core, and now, yeah. or, or you want to go be a Microsoft engineer, and it's like that. I remember the first class. I wasn't even the manager. I was in there, and the guy's like, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to get paid a hundred thousand dollars, sit on a beach and get my dick sucked. And I'm like, who the fuck doesn't, idiot? Well, where, where if, the, you think you're gonna find that in a six floor office at the and, at the government building? Yeah. Where's the yeah? And you thought that saying that here was gonna make you what? Be cool? Yeah. It just makes you seem more stupid, and or, it makes me realize why you're trying to get people to help you because you don't even have a goal. Yeah. Like, that's every yeah. man's goal. Or that was the key word <laughs> that I needed somebody to say as a manager. Or you weren't even a manager, but like, yeah. Oh, he nailed it, and then yeah. so I go to this file cabinet and give you the application. Yeah, to make a hundred grand a year on a beach and get your dick sucked. Yeah, like, no shit. There wouldn't be a job left. Yeah, the job would be full. Yeah, there there would never be an open position for that gig, whatever it would be called. There would never be available. Win, winning the lottery would be easier. It <laughs> for sure would. Every guy would be signed up for that job right away. Yeah. Everybody be sending their resume. Shit, there'd be pro athletes like, you know what? I mean, yeah, fuck. Football. I'm not going to practice tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I noticed, uh, and I think my little class or whatever it was called was, for the most part, pretty squared away. But you know how when you put people in such a different environment, meaning the city, yeah. that all of a sudden, like at lunch, you go have a beer. It's like, what the fuck are you? You're at work. Yeah. And then you go, you know. So and then. I, I think I was a little bit older than most of my class, if you will. Um, and so for me, it was like one of those things where I'm fucking lucky to be here. And I just got my life together, meaning yeah. sober months before that. I don't even think it was a year. And so uh, I was like 34, 35, whatever it was, kind of running out, of, not running out of time. Yeah, but it was like I needed. It felt like it was running. Yeah, out. man, I I should already have a four hundred one k or like a retirement going yeah. at this point. No, I don't. I should be on the beach getting my dicks up. I should be. In the bank. What <laughs> the fuck? I'm thirty five years old. That should have happened by now. What is going on? So <laughs> yeah. I think I took it a little. Well, I know I took it more seriously than most, but I think it was just a lot of those younger dudes. Were, again, they saw that uh, paycheck, which was fucking killer i think it was like 20 is 27 an hour too much am i overstating that you're off by two okay it was whatever. about 25 bucks an yeah, hour yeah it's silly for no experience as a matter of fact it was pre-covid so it was worth something it was on the job training yeah they didn't even want you You guys didn't even want us to have experience i mean no it was like, fine but you were you there know, to teach yeah i remember that was the fun part because you know i got out of the military uh different than most guys you know i was injured Ah, we don't need you anymore. You know, I I got to restart thinking. I got to think my life differently when I got out of the military than most guys because most guys were like they they were either going to stay in or they had a plan of getting out, and then it wouldn't matter what plan I had because I got my hand blown off and it's like, well, shit, that changes. I didn't notice everything. Yeah, I don't even know. Nobody ever dies. It's okay. Yeah, uh, that dude at Home Depot. Yeah. He didn't know you were Tim Taylor. He said, I've seen that fucking hand before. Yeah, he was like, Dude, <laughs> I know that fucking hand. In your, I did, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you had, I'm sorry. I'm going to, yeah, cut no, you off you're a good. Lot no, let's go, funny. dude. Let's have some fun. We're here to so have you fun. had to think about things a little bit. Yeah. So it was like, I, I thought things differently. I took, I took some time to myself, um, stepped back, figured out what I want to do. And then I was like, mm, I'll go to college. That's what everybody's doing. You boring. Know? It, it was boring. It was easy. Yeah. It was. I was stupid. just I had fun. I didn't go, so I. It was boring for me because I was married and had kids, yeah. and you know I'm not I'm not going out partying and everything. I'm going to class, going home. 
Yeah, applying yeah, yourself yeah. like an adult. Graduating with honors like a nerd. Did you graduate with honors? I sure did. Wow. What and what? What did you have a... Uh, I got a bachelor's degree in marketing from St. Louis University. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Did that even translate over to the VCP? I mean, I guess maybe a little bit. Uh, I, the, the What really helped me in college was I used Excel. So we used Excel a lot in college, and that was probably the biggest helper of going to college was using Excel because that was the first thing, you know, I'd teach guys in the VCP yeah. was, hey, we're going to work on a spreadsheet today. Let me yeah. show you some tricks of the trade that uh, going to college absolutely helped me be prepared for. I would not have been able to work on Excel. I would have looked at it like most of you guys did, like, what the fuck is that thing? I did for hey, sure. Like, what do you mean Excel? Like, you mean I'm going to do good? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be yeah. okay? And I'm like, nah, spreadsheets. And you're like, what? the heck is a spreadsheet like i didn't know how to scan papers yeah i mean and we don't think about guys not knowing how to do that but we're a generation of warriors man we had two wars going on for yeah 10 plus years both of them one of them 20 years like you know we we didn't have hr and everybody telling us what to do and we didn't need computers to fight the wars that we were with the jobs we were doing you know mm. some people did but we weren't those guys we weren't the educated guys that grew up you know, and if you're from the St. Louis area, we weren't growing up in West County with money. I yeah. didn't have the internet in my house growing up. I didn't have a computer in my house growing up. No, I didn't know. What the, I didn't know what any of that shit was. So, but wasn't that Sonny's intention? Sonny yeah. started this whole program, but wasn't that his intention was to like for transitioning? Oops, almost said that wrong. Not for transitioning people for, yeah. for veterans for veterans transitioning to the professional world. It's wasn't that hard. his goal, like to give these people? Uh, yeah, like some kind of office skills. When you're talking about you know war veterans returning from their combat veterans or whatever, and regardless what you see on TV and everything, like you got guys coming with different issues, different different walks of lives, different backgrounds. It doesn't even matter what war did you. You don't even know what kind of people you're getting because of the kind of people that go into the military. You yeah, know, these right. aren't these Wild aren't the cards. Yeah, these aren't the well educated, super smart. Like, not saying they don't exist. Today. Generally, they right. are there. Right. Generally, yeah. But most of us were, you know, had nothing else to do, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel kind of people. You know, I mean, that's non college applicants. Yeah, like if I would have applied to college for the military, they'd have been like, "Are you kidding me? We ran your uh, family's credit. We did everything. Yeah. Like, we're actually." We'd pay you not to come to college. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they, and I know you know as well as I do, so yeah. very smart, very educated people we were in with. Oh, for sure. So that's, you, you know, but top, it's, it's funnier to say. Top of the food chain, people, yeah. just the world. I, I met the world's best people in the military and some yeah. of the world's worst. You know, well, and like, they are now, too. Yeah. CEOs and exactly. fucking vice presidents. Presidents of companies and engineers and all kinds of cool yeah, shit these dudes are doing. For office without eyes yeah. and stuff. And I don't care about his politics or anything, but I'm just glad you're doing it. I right. don't care. I don't care about anybody's politics or anything. But when I see veterans on TV running for office, I'm like, that guy's still trying to make a difference, or that gal is still trying to change the world. They're yeah. still trying to have that impact that we kind of felt like we had in the military. Yeah. You know, even if you're just a, a little dumb grunt, you know, kicking indoors trying to win wars, like that's an impact on the world. Sure. And you kind of lose that when you get out because then you only really impact the, your family or the people right around you or you have such a smaller impact. And there's guys out there and gals out there trying to do better things with their life, trying to impact the world. And I commend them for it. You yeah. know, regardless of what their message is or everything, like if you're trying to make the world a better place and you're trying to you know, instill the military values in 
our country and and get back on that track like i'm I'm all for it it's know? losing that drive though yeah that's what fucks everything up and yeah, i lost it tough. too i did too you know i've in the past few years tried to like get it back and the mental health stuff of course but just the work ethic in and of itself yeah i've talked to you about this a lot but in and and in your career what you do now um it's the generational thing i guess maybe but but you know, we've gotten some younger dudes in that still have it and they're fucking ready to go to work. Yeah. And there's no pissing and moaning when it comes to asking them to do stuff. And then there's guys that like my age, I'm a couple years older than you, my age, it just like it. You want me to do what? Like, I'm not that's not my job. That that mentality. Yeah. And that fucking aggravates me because. That option isn't even available to you when you're doing a job like that or yeah. like you're uh you guys were all responsible for each other's health and safety over there and shit like oh, that. Yeah. Like that fucking, that's not even an answer. So to get back out and then these dudes got all the tattoos and fucking t-shirts, but then like they, they won't get up and go do something that wasn't a part of their job description 10 years ago. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The yeah. boss told you to do something. Just fucking go do it. Maybe not happily, but the, yeah. you, you just go do it and shut the fuck up and then do it correctly. Yeah, man, the corporate world's—it's a different beast coming out of the military and going to the corporate world. When that was the—I think it's a big thing for guys at the VCP was like we weren't such a shell shock. Like it came in and it was all vets, so they still had their veteran culture and they still had that uh, smoke pit talk mentality, right? You know, like it's a good name for a podcast. Yeah, it's already stolen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was already stolen before that one earlier. We oh, found that out oh, earlier today, too. So. Fuck that, dude. You can yeah. name your podcast. I, I, I tried finding This is a, the Joe Rogan experience, right, part two. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Season four. Yeah, we're just going to ride his coattails. Just go right behind yeah. him. So, Forever, I was trying to find yeah. a podcast name that has wasn't taken. And yeah. I'm like, it, uh, the first one, I think, was uh, mentally... Uh, mentally healthy, but healthy spelled H-E-L-L. So yeah. like getting to a place of mental health is kind yeah. of going through. And I like was trying to do all these just kind of creative, but not too gimmicky fucking yeah. names. And I would look them up and they're all taken. I'm like, what the fuck? You oh, know, yeah. I could not figure out. But anyway, um, there's eight and a half billion of us, dude. Yeah. I mean, and then Jesus, somebody's got to be thinking the same. Somebody's got to be thinking that. Yeah. Especially when we go back to our story, we talk about all the things we've done to our body. Like, of course, there's smarter versions of us out there. Yeah. But why, why wouldn't there be? But it is hell. For it sure. can be. If you allow allow it to get that bad, like the problem isn't so bad. Like it's like okay, okay, losing weight, losing weight sucks if you let it get so far out of control. Yeah, but if you just fuck up for the weekend because you're out of town or whatever, you can like get that back. But same thing with mental health and drug addiction and everything else. Like it depends how far you let that fucking pit get dug. Yeah, of like of course you know the the journey out of it. Yeah, like I was 280 pounds at one point in time, and yeah, you know I was up there and. Losing weight was tough. I mean, I'm still not in great shape. I'm like 230. Doing right great. Now, yeah. You know, I got down to 220, 215. I was around there. And, um, you know, that was a hard loss to lose that much weight. I had, to work, yeah. I had to work my balls off and had to become disciplined and everything. So you had, to gr you had to grind through hell. You know, I did carnivore diets. I was only drinking water. There was nothing yeah. going in my body bad at, for for the longest, you know, and but now it's like, if I got to lose 10 pounds, people are like, man, I need to lose 10 pounds. I laugh at them. Like, what? 
Yeah, but sometimes Bro, that's, that, a, that's a day and a half. I, that's, that's two good meals and a, a workout and a gallon of water, and that's 10 pounds right there. But sometimes that last 10 or 8 or whatever is the tough one. Yeah, no, it's it's the people that are just starting off. Like, I'd really like to lose 10 pounds, and it's like, uh, yeah, you get that in two weeks. Fuck, dude, get to work. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, I'd, you don't even have to go to hell to that. You just have to write hell a letter. Like, right. Hey, I'm going to come visit one right. day. Or just show the fuck up. Yeah. But it also doesn't happen fa- as fast as everyone wants it to. No. You go downstairs like, I just want to do five push-ups, five crunches, and five like air squats, and then just be completely jacked and shredded and be able to go back to eating whatever I want. Yeah. If it yeah. was that fucking easy, we'd oh, all yeah. be, you know, Roman soldiers. But Smashing. Yeah. That'd smash be, burgers while I'm doing right. it. Right. Yeah, no, That'd be great, like but it's not like that. It's the consistency that is a real motherfucker. And but the, it. So Alicia was always since I've known her. Always, first she was a runner. Like yeah. when we started, when I was real fucked up, she was a runner, runner, runner. And uh, but but also always did like little classes type shit. You know, she always had a membership somewhere, and she would. But she's fucking consistent. Yeah. So. Um, I would run with her now and again, and then like fast forward to uh, to sober life. Um, it started off where we didn't have all kinds of like we got a pretty cool setup now, but it started off with just a run and push up all that bullshit. And then as it kind of grew, I just got in this thing where, and she always said it, and I I totally stole it from her, but she's like, it's a part of my day, like brushing my teeth. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the kicker is that once you you know, and time is always the biggest enemy of all of us, right? Yeah. Well, how am I supposed to do that? I worked a 12-hour day, which is actually a 14-hour day with driving, and then I got practice at 6 to 7, then 7 to 8, and then I got to get home and do lunch and, and homework and all that other shit with the kids. Yeah. Well, after that, sometimes you got to fucking go downstairs and grind it out. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be for fucking two hours. No. But it's a consistency and the discipline and all that shit we had when we were in. This goes back to the job force and everything else, the workforce and everything else. That, yeah. yeah, but I don't have to do it now. Five minutes, you can get out of breath. Right. And sweating your balls off yeah. in five minutes. I can't at least. But when given that option to go work out or eat right or yeah. fill in the blank, fill in the blank is a fucking easy road to take. But shit, I had a cheeseburger in New York that make me... Eat that thing over, not ever working out again. It's, I fuck. That's the problem with food, man. The yeah. problem with food is it's like, it's so good. And we go back to that oral fixation yeah. thing. You know, it's like always got to be chewing on a straw or, you know, yeah. always putting food in my mouth because it's like, and I, mouth pleasure is such a weird thing. Man. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Yeah, I don't know where I heard it. I'm sure it was a podcast or something, but it was like. Every meal doesn't have to be the best meal you ever had. And, yeah. and in, in our country, for sure, we celebrate everything oh, yeah. around food. So it's like, oh, hey, yeah. I got my toenails clipped today. Come over and have some pizza. And it's like, what the fuck? So oh, you got a job. Let's go out for dinner. Right. So that makes it easier. But it, like every meal doesn't have to be the best meal you ever had. Yeah. But we are so fascinated with it. And I'm going to say it again. People are going to make fun of it. But that's the name of the new podcast, Mouth Pleasure. We're so fascinated with that pleasure we get from stuffing stuff in our mouth. Yeah. Just stuffing food, whatever it is. I mean, pills, everything. Like, yeah. we, we are just obsessed with stuffing things down our throat yeah. in this country. Yeah. That we just, it's so hard. And that's why you look around and we're in a kind of a bad place in this country in certain points. I mean, we're, not, we're, not, really a health, we're not really a healthy country. We're uh, fucking fat and weak, dude. 
fat was soft and you know it it's pretty easy to figure out why and yeah it's because there's food everywhere and we have we're just so willing to be like hey mouth pleasure will help you hey yeah. you're feeling bad take this stuff this in your fat fucking you know, face <laughs> getting back to losing that weight i can tell you one thing there wasn't a fucking pill that helped me go from 280 to 220 no, no. and that ain't happening no and if there is a pill that does help you do it you're gonna do it looking like shit right or that shot yeah. that everybody's doing now yeah alicia's familiar with that work wise uh, she does insurance stuff for you know if you need a medication she does a prior authorization for it through your insurance anyway yeah. um and it's like some of these doctors not people she works with of course yeah <laughs> but doctors in general are just prescribing this shot and it's it's i don't know apparently it is not going to have great long again if you're on the shot i'm not a I'm not anybody to listen to, but apparently, like long term wise, it's it's not that can't be the fix. Yeah. If that was the fucking fix, then that would have been the fix a long time ago. The fix is eat better food and like move around a little more. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, you know, but get a hobby. It's easier to say. You don't even have to like for some people, it doesn't even have to be you got to exercise. Just get a fucking hobby. Right. You might, you might just be sitting there eating because you're watching TV. But if you're fucking painting a picture, you wouldn't right. be eating fucking Cheetos. Well, but. The, the time thing is a good excuse that can be validated, uh, and I understand that because I I take them, oh, yeah. I take them too. You know, don't get me wrong, and I eat like fuck some days. But the time thing, and then like pain. Yeah. Oh my my. Okay, well I'm tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm staring at a guy with a hand and a half less than that, and he finds a way to work out and do kettlebell curls with a thumb on his left hand. So it's like. Just pull off a couple pull-ups too. Right, oh, right. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to fucking hear it. With one hand. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I understand some people have debilitating stuff, but you don't want to be hard on people. But then again, like, like I was telling you that Florida. We got to be hard on this country, man. We're a too soft. Bit. Yeah. Everybody's out there. Ooh, you, you got feelings, and hey, cool. We got feelings. I understand that people can have feelings, but also, we got to get through the world. Well, it's what do you want? Yeah. But I don't want to hear you fucking complain about it. If you're cool with being. In yeah. pain and overweight and all that, then fine. But I don't want to fucking hear about yeah. it because it's like I I can't. Yeah. Well, then you can't. You know, whether you, you think you can or you can't, you're right. Do you know how many people have told me like I can't play hockey because I got a broken finger tonight? And I'm like, buddy, I don't even have fingers. Yeah. And then the ones that I do have are broken. Yeah. Perpetually broken. Right. <laughs> if people want to take a closer look, come look at them. They're yeah. broken. You know it. It like my ring finger doesn't move. My index finger barely moves. I play hockey with like two fingers. If it's something you want to do, you'll and find if a you way to want to, exactly. And that's where I was getting ready to go with it. If you want something hard enough, you'll find a fucking way. Yeah. And if you don't find a way, you didn't want it. I don't care what it is. I agree. I don't care if it's if it's a dream, if it's money, if it's a car, if it's a hobby, if it's a skill. If you want it hard enough, you'll find a fucking way. And if you don't want it enough, you won't find the fucking way. Yeah. So then. I don't know. Chris is going to tell us we said fuck too much on this one. I don't care. Yeah. I won't be edited by him yeah. or anybody else. It's a because good there are going to be yeah. accentuate what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't that. I feel like that's fake because yeah. if if these stupid fucking microphones weren't on. Oh, yeah. This would be the way the conversation would go. So why change that? Yeah. Because if, if anybody knows you and I, right? Oh, yeah. People that you know are going to listen to this because oh, you're yeah. going to tell them, hey, I just did this thing. They're going to go, why didn't I? Bro, you didn't curse at all? Like, but the thing is. It didn't even sound like you. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I can not 
Oh yeah. And you can not. You yeah. you do a lot of public speaking. So yeah. you don't have to. It's just I want this thing like we were talking about. You guys can hear echo in the background. And I've said it on the past, and I'm gonna stop saying it as of today, but my air conditioner is gonna go off. It's fucking hot in St. Louis. It's gonna go off. And until I can come up with some kind of way uh, to be able to build something better. It's just going to be real life. So yeah. I don't want to change the way I talk either. I'm not no. going to tell my dog to go sit in a crate. He's just mm. my fucking dog and he runs around my house. No, I mean, this is, this is your shit. Do what you want, bro. And live, live it how you want it and tell the stories you want to tell. And if people like it. They'll listen. If they don't, don't fucking listen. Who cares? If you don't like the way they were cursing, Hey, turn it off. Whatever. Right. I don't, I, I'm not out here to try to ostracize anybody or try to push anybody away, but at the end of the day, yeah. What the we, fuck are you doing? Know, right? <laughs> no, come back. Nobody's please. listening already. Come don't. back, please. <laughs> come back, mom. Don't please, push it. Yeah, please, mom. Don't turn it off yet. At no. least families have yeah, to press play. Dude. Exactly. If you're in our fucking family, you better press play. Exactly. And like and subscribe or whatever stupid thing. Yeah, at least just to. once. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, we get seven views for this. We're like, damn, I listened to it three times. Hey, dude, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four of those are me. Yeah. I feel like such a turd doing that, but it's like Who I cares? wanted to make sure, and I. I don't do a whole lot of the editing like we were talking about, but I do want to make sure that it kind of starts. And then if I do have to hit pause, I want to make sure it sounds somewhat decent. So yeah. I'll check them. I don't give a fuck. Well, we don't want to come across as fake either. I mean, there how many, how Try many not fake to. veteran like yeah. stuff you hear out there? You know, you, you, you see it. We talked about it on the lot last pod where guys come up and like, Oh, I almost joined and everything. And they usually got on like a grunt style shirt and they look like a vet and they're playing the card and they got a beard and a, four-wheel drive truck that's lifted and they they look the whole part but then you talk to them and it just it's razor thin it goes right through them whether they're a veteran or not like and they start telling stories you're like this shit doesn't add up yeah like it it it's so easy to 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 recognize fakeness i think that's why you know we look at uh certain people and we're like damn look at their fake ass nose i think we can i think we can do the same with people's voice we can recognize like when they're being fake and disingenuous yeah I think that's why most of us don't like when we turn on the news and see politicians because we're like, you're being fake and disingenuous. Yeah. And it's just, it's part of their game. But we don't have to do that here. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody paying attention. And nobody gave us any money to shut up yet, anyway. So, right. I got to tell you, man, I'm uh, like, for some reason, when you come across those type of people, I feel bad for them before I'm like, angry yeah for sure yeah. because i'm like dude anyone could have done that like and and i know i think it has to be for most people leaving home right after high school and going to boot camp yeah you hear all these stories and then you like it gets all worked up or movies or whatever and oh, then, yeah. so like the fear is already instilled in you yeah right so but it, you had the same dudes in boot camp as I did. And I'm like, fucking some recruiter lied to this dude oh, out yeah. in the middle of wherever you're oh, from. Yeah. And you shouldn't be here because there wasn't a pull up ever practiced. Nothing was ever. There was no preparation for this thing that's supposed to be the hardest thing. It definitely was yeah. the hardest thing in your life at that point. Oh, yeah. So like for people out here, they it's just I'm always just like, yes, you could have. Yeah. I, I couldn't take all that yelling. There's no choice. Like it, it's not. It's not an op. It's not a conversation you're having. You're being told what to do, and then you go do it. And it, looking back now, like I was saying, I was watching that Florida Gators thing on Netflix last night. The way this coach was fucking thrashing this team, it looked like that's the way it should be. It looked yeah. like fun. It looked like they're all just jacked. Their traps had traps, and they were. And these are college fucking yeah, yeah. football players, so they're monsters, anyways. But like, 
that shit is good for you. Yeah, when you take the personal element out, I think that's what it, I think that's what it takes for people to get through it. If you want to get through all the yelling and the screaming and everything, you have to realize it's not personal. And then when you realize it's not personal, it all it becomes a game and you like that's what it was for basic training for me. That was the best advice anybody ever gave me. Going into basic training, they said, whatever you do, don't take it personal. They're gonna hit you, they're gonna yell at you, they're gonna do this shit. It's their fucking job. And I remember I got to basic training and shout out to uh Drill Sergeant Dillard and Drill Sergeant Luna. Uh, I won't forget those guys ever. Mm-mm. And I remember our drill sergeant was just screaming in my face, Drill Sergeant Dillard, and he's like, and I'm just sitting there, he's wiped that fucking smirk off your face. What's wrong with you? And I said, it's okay, Drill Sergeant. I realize you got a job to do what I got a job to do. Yeah. Your job's to rip me a new ass, and my job's just to sit here, shut the fuck up, and take it. And he's like, then shut the fuck up, and starts whooping my ass, of course, because I was a smart ass. But, yeah. but then after that, after that day was over, I took that ass whooping and, uh, Realize like, oh, that's the game. Yeah, you know, and they don't even do that anymore. They don't kick people or hit people or I don't smack know. people. I'm interested. I sure hope. I sure hope they do because it made it fun. It made yeah. it more fun. See, I took it very personally. Yeah, because remember, my dad wasn't around, so I have a thing about validation from males and yeah. all this other shit. I took it very personally, but the only way I could combat that was by going to the point where five of the meanest drill instructors they're all the meanest drill instructors in the world but it seemed like i had five of the meanest mine were definitely meaner than yours yeah but um five these five dudes in order to get them to not like when you the first two weeks everybody's fucked oh yeah and then after that you can separate yourself by being loud being fast being like motivated and ready and like physically par of some sort yeah. whatever that means but like tough in some way yeah but just, once you can once you can break away from the herd and it's still a team thing don't yeah. get me wrong but once you can break away from that they you just get less of the bullshit i guess i'm trying to say once they find out that there's a utility in you i think that's what it is I yeah think when you talk about standing out breaking off from the herd i think what you're saying you're like you shine not everybody shines in every area yeah but you find where you shine at and that gets recognized, and I think that they're like, all right, the Marine Corps has a use for Dom Masters. I yeah. Seen, I seen that today, and, I'm, you know, he just wouldn't quit. You know, he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the tallest. He's not the largest. Whoa, you know, nobody, whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. This sounds yeah, fucking we're, personal. We're personal attacking it, but I still love you. I'll, <laughs> I'll, back, I'll back it up with validation I was again fast. later. God damn yeah, it. No, you know, but, you, but it's like, man, the kid has heart. He just doesn't quit, you know, and it's those stories that, that get people going and it's that like you have to find a use for somebody everybody you can't just get the right people on the bus you gotta have the right people on the bus and in the right seats yeah. you know you, you're, not everybody is gonna be the guy kicking in the door you know not everybody's gonna yeah everybody has a use for them and yeah. it's, it's finding that use for them and that's what makes the military so great is there's so many different things to do and if you make sure you get good recruiters and you get good training and you get the right people in the right spot man it's a beautiful thing yeah it works it, out it, it, it just, it'll cut through like a hot knife through butter. The yeah. military will go right through you. But you get the wrong people in the wrong slots and the wrong motivation, and they don't really have the, you know, you, you had this guy over here who's fast, but for whatever reason, we're not going to put him in anything that being fast helps out. We're going to put him over here because we had an open seat. Yeah. You know, it, like that's where I think the entire American system's flawed is we don't have, we don't put everybody in their strengths in the right position. And the military... It felt like it used to be good about doing that. I don't know anymore. Maybe it is, yeah. maybe it isn't. Well, again, your thought process is much well, much uh, 
better thought out than mine. Mine, mine was, I figured they don't need to spend as much time yelling at me as they might someone else. So, like, you yeah. know what I mean? When, when it came to, like, stepping out a little bit. And then I got the guy, I got the job of the guide of our platoon. Yeah. Um, I don't, it was a few weeks in. At first, I've told this story at the museum, but at first they, they just kind of hire the biggest, like most Jack dude, because he looks good yeah. at the front of the platoon. Everybody's going to be scared of him. Yeah. They're going to listen. They're going to fall in line. Yeah. yeah. Well, this biggest Jack dude was just a nice guy inside, and he wasn't with all the screaming and chaos and all that. I so, love those guys. See, Giant I, teddy bears. Yeah. I mean, it was great. <laughs> he was a, He's a great guy, and Andy was a really good leader, but he just he didn't have that thing they were looking for. And, yeah, not in the core. That's not right. what the core is looking for. The night they gave me the job, uh, we were going for shower time and I had my little butt towel on and they gave me the job and I took off screaming. What I figured was that they wanted fucking uh, a little miniature one of them. Yeah. So I just became a drill instructor. I loved all that screaming. Oh, and yeah, I thought it was alive. fucking great. It was funny and scary and everything. So I took off yelling like those motherfuckers and that towel came off. And in this split second, I'm like, stop and pick up that towel or continue on. And I continue on little dick flipping around yeah. everywhere. I mean, it was fucking... And uh, I ran by uh, the one drill instructor, and he goes, ah, fuck, what did he say? Something about don't ever stop or some shit like that. So I was like, okay, this is what they expect out of yeah. me. That, all that part was good. I was great with that. But we have that fucking flag, the guide on. Do you guys do that? Oh, yeah, I got some stories about guide ons. Don't worry. So I, I wasn't as great at that because yeah. I'm at the front of the platoon, so I, I, don't, I don't have anyone to, like— um, when when you're doing different movements, I don't have anyone to kind of veer off of, so I would find myself, and I, that was my weak part was that stupid fucking stick. So yeah. I'd work on that all night long. But when it came time to do stuff, one time I got given the job of, um, I think it was general orders. This was at the beginning when you were learning general orders. Yeah. Have everybody? There was eighty seven of us at eighty seven or eighty two of us at first. Uh. Have everyone write their general orders 10 times. If it doesn't happen, you know what's going to happen. And I'm like, okay. So I told my squad leaders and team leaders, I was like, listen, this has to get done. I'm going to have you guys all do Firewatch tonight, every hour. It's, it's going to be one of my squad leaders or team leaders yeah. to try to delegate some of this because what, and I told them my plan is I'm going to get some sleep because chances are this won't happen. I'm going to have a long day tomorrow. And what they would do is the whole platoon would sit down and they would sit down. Like, I don't know if you can say Indian style, but fuck you. It you was, absolutely sit can. down Indian style. And they would put their hand in between their heads and like rest their hand in there and watch me get fucked up. Yeah. So I was completely prepared for that to happen tomorrow. I'm like, well, there's, sure. there's no way all these fucking assholes are going to get yeah. up and write these. Journals. They're going to do it on purpose just to make your day hell. So I was always, I always had uh last Firewatch guy wake me up a half an hour before the drill instructor so I could get up and have my re like get shit ready for the day. Yeah. And uh one of my squad leaders woke me up, looked like dog shit. I mean, you could tell he was tired of it. And this this was my fucking go-to. He was my right hand Noriega. And uh I said, What's up? He was like, They're all done. And I was like, What is it? He said, Everybody in here has written their fucking general orders ten times. And I, of course, had already written mine before I went to bed, you know. But he was yeah. like, It's all done. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, hey, man, Jeez. what it is. I was like, holy shit. So drill instructors come out in the morning, and I had to sit the whole stack of them in the scuttlebutt. 
And uh, he came out, and sure enough, there were fucking ten of them from every recruit in the fucking platoon. And I stood there like, I can't even take responsibility for any of this, because all I did was prepare to get fucked up today. Oh, yeah. Senior calls me into his office, and uh, he said, go in that little refrigerator. And in his refrigerator, he had... um, not slim fast, but they were like Nutra shakes, you know, yeah. and a Snickers. And he said, you got about 30 fucking seconds. And I wolfed that shit down. <laughs> and like then the next night, the next night, I stood fire watch all night by myself. Yeah. I let everybody else go to sleep because I was like, I'm like, you motherfuckers. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even ex- I didn't expect that to even almost. I figured you'd go. We got 10. Yeah. But they had every motherfucker up. And it was a huge deal to me because I'm like, damn, these motherfuckers, you know, we're on a team. They respect me. I respect yeah. them like a motherfucker, you know, so it was a cool thing. But I don't even know why we got started off on that. I don't know. I was a shitbird in basic training. You started talking about guide on. So uh, me and a few other guys, we stole all the other platoons guide ons and we'd hide them in the ceiling. And we're the, so we'd be the only platoon. Out of four platoons, there'd only be one platoon with a guide on. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. Oh, yeah, we did it on purpose. Yeah, that's so we'd just get problem. fucking ripped apart. I remember this uh, one drill sergeant, drill sergeant Snyder. Uh, he was a Hispanic guy, and he had a little accent, and I would always do his accent behind his back and uh, because he kicked my ass all the time. You know, It was, it was part of the game. Yeah. Uh, but we stole their guide ons, and I go to my drill sergeant, drill sergeant Dillard at the time. He said, drill sergeant Dillard, I need, a, I need red spray paint. And first off, he's like, what the fuck is this idiot even doing thinking of asking me for something? But he also knew all the guidons were missing and that we had ours. So he knew somebody had it. Sure. And he was like, at the top of each guidon was an egg corn that held the flag on. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? The yeah, wooden yeah. egg corn. Yeah. And they were all painted everybody's platoon colors. So he went and got his red spray paint. We spray painted them all red and gave them all back to everybody. So that's what I was doing. While you were, while you were being a good... A good Marine. I was being a shit soldier, figuring out ways to steal people's guy. Yeah. Behind the, I guess I would have been a good uh, Marine, uh, a good recon guy because I was always stealing their guidons, and then we'd hide them in the drill sergeant's office above this in the drop ceiling. Yeah. Oh man, he was so pissed when he found that out. But see, they would see that as an integrity violation. Yeah. In boot camp, and yeah. and integrity like, I don't think there was anything worse than an integrity violator in boot camp. Like if. Um, yeah. You were drinking. This was when they had actual alcohol in Listerine. Yeah, remember in two thousand one, oh, yeah, they had yeah, actual yeah. alcohol in there. Some so some people All would sneak in the whiskey locker yeah. and they, you'd be drinking. That's an integrity violator. Yeah, if you integrity meaning doing the right thing even when no one's watching. So yeah. if if they couldn't trust you, and it, I mean, I think that's a pretty good quality um, in the military, especially in two thousand one. Yeah. We knew there was a pretty good chance we knew where we were going. And yeah. then life in general, you know, you tell your kids to do something. Just because I w- walked away, still fucking do that, you know. But being an integrity violator was the worst, pretty much the worst one you could be. No, this thing was who can get whose flag without them knowing you took For sure. Flag. No, I so get it. It was more of a challenge of yeah getting their flag and painting it our colors. And we're kind of at war with all four platoons, yeah. you know, and our, and our two uh, drill sergeants were kind of uh, renegade drill sergeants, you know. They yeah. they were they had that old school mentality, that fuck you mentality. Like we're gonna do shit the way it should be done. And yeah, everything. So they, you know, they uh, they knew like we had a bunch of shit birds, and they they'd push us, and they would they would get us going the right way. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but stealing guidons was that was that was probably the best time I had in base training. Was you know 
trying to figure out ways to steal people's flags without them knowing. And, yeah. And game planning for it and hiding them and yeah. painting them and getting our ass kicked by all the other drill sergeants because they knew who it was. Sure. And everybody, I I don't know how people knew that I was involved. Uh, I'm assuming I was probably just a loudmouth asshole back yeah. then, too, so they figured it out. They came up with something. Yeah. I think they probably would have seen that as stealing. Yeah. Now, your drill instructors, like your platoon, they might have pulled you to side and fucking do it again, you know? But, like, oh, yeah. Our but drill- I think in a, as a whole, they would have seen that as a bad thing. No, our drill sergeant was like, to the death. Yeah. Right. You do not give up those flags. Yes. He asked where they were. We told him. And he goes, all right, they're going to stay there. You do not give up those flags. You you get your ass whooped by all those drill sergeants. Yeah, and just deal with it. And then and that was it. It was, yeah, we got, you know, we got ribs kicked in and did a lot of push-ups. Well, what else are you going to do? Shit, yeah. you're in basic training. You know, watching TV or playing on Instagram or anything. No. Might as well be either working out or getting your ass whooped. Right? Yeah. They fucked with us. Uh, I don't know if it was Black Friday. That's what it. That's what it's called in the Marine Corps when you meet your drill instructors that Friday, and then you shark attack. You are theirs. I don't know yeah. if it was that first day or maybe the second, but we were all like, I I know enough to know how early on it was, and the the biggest thing was touching your face. It spreads germs, and then you're like supposed to be still. So in combat, if you move around, you can be seen and give up everybody's position. I understand the big. Um, what am I looking for? I understand like the 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 long picture. Yeah, I understand that, but it seemed ridiculous. Like I can't scratch my fucking, you know, there's sweat about to go, but that was the fucking rule. So anyway, we're sitting there uh, listening to somebody talking. The one dude reached up and scratched his face. The drill instructors, of course, saw him, and they took him back into the shower room. Folks, the shower room is basically, um, well, it's a big fucking shower room, maybe like you saw in high school. But there, and, and where I was, there were just towers. And these towers, stainless steel towers, and at the top of them, they had, let's say, six shower heads circling around, right? So everybody, yeah. so, that, so anyway, they took this dude back there, turned all the shower. We didn't know this until a couple of days later when this guy came out of his fucking just zombified state because he, his whole life looked like it got taken away from him, which was beautiful. But yeah. Uh, they took him back there, turned all of the showers as hot as they could go, which we were only allowed cold showers, so that it, they never got turned on. So there was tons of hot, hot fucking water. Um, they turned all the showers on as hot as they could go. Then they had like a towel and they sprayed, I don't know, uh, Windex or something on it, some kind of a chemical. Then they had him doing push-ups with the towel over the top of his face, right? So it would all just, wh- what's the right word for if something like steam? steam okay it would all kind of steam up in his face while he's doing push-ups then they had other towels and they got them wet and they were slapping the fucking stainless steel shower towers with these so of course not knowing we can't see any of this we thought they were and this dude (laughs) screaming the whole time they're screaming at him we thought they were just beating him fucking torturing this kid and i mean it worked dude because before we found out what happened, which, like I said, was like the next probably the next night or something, because like uh, like after the first couple of days in, they would give you 10 minutes to pray at night, which was just a reason for a bunch of fucking assholes to sit around and yeah. go, what the fuck, man? What are we what happened? So this dude, we're, we're doing our 10 minutes of prayer bullshit thing. And uh, this guy comes over and we would all circle around a rack. Like, so five of you would be on this rack. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. 
was our prayer group. Yeah. We we're like, dude, what the fuck? What were they doing? And he, so he explained the whole thing to us. And we were like, oh shit, man, we thought they were fucking you up. And he was like, dude, I felt like it, you know, yeah. but his life was just like taken away from him. It was beautiful. Yeah. That's nuts. He was the same guy. I told this story at the museum. Uh, the Reaper, at the end of our crucible, the Reaper is the little hill that we have to walk up, which you hear about so much. And it, it in your head, it's it's Everest. Yeah. And there's no way you're going to be able to make it up this thing. And we failed before we started. And you, your brother heard about it or your cousin. Yeah. So it becomes this mythical fucking mountain that once you're out of boot camp and in the fleet, you run up it just for like morning PT to like stretch. Yeah. It's nothing. Um it's the physical or it's the mental aspect. Yeah, to totally. You. Yeah, well, you're thinking about it for eleven first. weeks, yeah. you know, and it just builds up. So the same guy who got tortured that first day, uh, myself and Noriega were at the back of our platoon because we were strong at running and, and hiking yeah. all the other shit. So they put us back there and they said and there so there's a drill instructor with us. If anybody falls out like past this platoon, you two are gonna fucking pay. So we were like, well, that's over. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Here comes fucking, I think it was, uh, anyway, here he comes. Santiago. Here he, It was an ez. Here he comes falling back. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, after all these weeks, you're still not able to walk up this hill, you know. And so Noriega and I came up with a plan. Noriega was going to take his pack. I was going to take him and just like by the flak and just kind of tow him up this hill. Yeah. I'm not carrying the motherfucker because he was way bigger than me, but I can probably tow you up here. So what we ended up doing was he was laying on the fucking ground. We put his pack on top of him, made him hold on to that. Then we both grabbed like a shoulder of his flak jacket. Yeah, We're just fucking dragging him up the hill. We get up the hill. You do your ceremony. You get your Eagle Globe and Anchor. Uh, apparently you're technically you're United, officially a Marine uh, apparently but you still shut the fuck up and do what you're told but uh, after you get done with that I don't remember if you do your breakfast first I'm pretty sure you go straight to the squad bay and they do a physical a physical check over so you I, I go to take my fucking foot out of my boot and it was hard to take like I took my right one off no problem I took yeah. my left like I had to fucking force it out of my boot I looked down and my foot's like three times the size. I was like, oh, fucking. You know how sometimes when you get hurt, you think you remember that pop? Yeah. And then, But it doesn't set in until later on that night or something. You're like, what the fuck happened to my knee? Yeah, you thought a joint just popped or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just a normal yeah. cracking, you know. Um, and I think I remembered the pop because when I had to turn, I had to turn and kind of lift off with my left foot. And so... Uh, yeah, my foot was fucking blown up. And they came by and they were like, uh-oh, you're broke. Now, broke in Marine Corps boot camp is you, like, don't graduate. You're sent back to the... Start over. Whatever. Yeah, completely yeah. start over. Now, keep in mind, we already had plane tickets paid for. Like, graduation. My family was coming. My girlfriend, some buddies. I had, like, seven people show up to yeah. graduation. It was weird. But these people all... We were all, like... You're like, no, it's an allergic reaction. I got yeah. a mosquito. So they're like, well, you're broke. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, but you can't go. No, I'm not. I'm fine. Um, so they send you over to the Navy, to the corpsman. And uh, I remember all these fucking squids. I mean, Navy people were Same like, uh, oh, we got another one. It's broke. Sorry, not graduating boot. And they were like enlisted people. So they yeah. were able to talk to me. And I still wasn't the type of recruit or new marine that was gonna go hey man fuck each and every one of you punk yeah. motherfuckers you know 
I, I, so I just, it fucking buried me. And they put me in this boot thing and uh, gave me crutches that I had to use or else I was blah, blah, blah. So I had to use these fucking crutches. So I crutched back into the squad bay and only the senior was there. And he heard me walking in and you're supposed to announce yourself before you walk in. And there's a whole procedure. You don't just walk around and like yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. people. There's a whole procedure. So I come crutching into fucking squad bay and senior said something and I didn't sound off. I didn't do a fucking thing, which wasn't me. I was always very much on my shit. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck is going on with you? And I said, I'm broke. And he said, I, cause we were supposed, it was still supposed to be this recruit. And, uh, and I was just like, yeah, I, cause I'm like, what can you do to me? Yeah. Me not we're starting being, this over anyways. Fuck. Let's go again. It wasn't even that me not being able to graduate on time was yeah. a fucking failure. And it was fucking weak. And that's the worst punishment for me personally at the time. That was way worse than fucking you screaming it. Well, fuck you. You know, yeah. I was fucking devastated. I was mortified. This was my life from when I was a little kid. I wanted to be this thing. Yeah. And I'm here. And because some other motherfucker didn't take care of himself, which was also my fault because I should have gotten him spun up and gotten him stronger and did more push-ups with him at night or whatever. It was fucking devastating to me. And he said, so your fucking foot's broke. What's the big deal? However he said it, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to fucking graduate now. I got to start all the way over. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, I can't graduate with a broken foot. He said, you're going to fucking graduate. Now, I had the guy job for like two out of the three months. So, yeah. again, he, I, I did very well. in boot. This was my whole entire life. I wanted to be nothing but this. So yeah. I did very well and I excelled. And I, I can say that without being boastful and shit, but... It fucking bummed me out. So he did end up letting me graduate. I The one thing I didn't get to do was walk across the fucking parade deck on graduation day because technically in their eyes, I had a broken foot. So if they would have sent me out, it could have got, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, liability It's the issues. liability yeah. issue, right? So I was supposed to have the fucking boot on, which I just snuck in my bag. And yeah. they, I was an integrity violator for sure on that one. Yeah. But uh I didn't want my fucking mom to see me graduate boot camp with a fucking broken boot. I get that. I'm fucked that, you know. Yeah. I wanted to keep whatever I had that I worked for. I wanted to keep it. So I came home and we had leave and it was it, it was nice. We graduated December 18th. So bases were all shut down until like that 4th of January or whatever it was. So like it yeah. just ha if you're going to fucking boot camp or your kids are schedule them for like mid September, baby, because yeah. if they're going to Marine Corps, they're going to be graduating when the fucking bases are shut down. So after that, I had to go back to a, a fucking like recovery platoon. Yeah. And a lot of these dudes were like happy to be there because it was Again, it's a liability thing, and we're supposed to be recovering. Yeah. So they couldn't, they weren't smoking you, and there wasn't a bunch of, it was like cleaning and fucking bullshit work yeah. that I fucking hate. I hated it. Yeah. And some of the dudes were like sneaking whiskey in there, and they wanted to get out. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? You just made it, and now you want to leave. And they're like, fuck all this. This ain't for me. You know, and it was yeah. just, it was such a shitty, I don't know if it was a month. I don't know how long it was. It was just a few weeks. It wasn't like terrible, but. I hated living with these people. Yeah. My platoon from boot camp, I knew we knew who all the grunt guys were. So I like Noriega's up there training infantry shit without me. Yeah. I'm not in school infantry where I'm supposed to be. I fucking failed again. Here we go again by myself. Didn't know any of these people. All the blah blah blah. So it, it fucked me up. But 
when I got to school infantry after that, I finally, they cut me loose and put me on a, in a van up there by myself. And now I show up to school infantry with a whole group of dudes that just graduated boot camp who all know each other. Yeah. So I'm fucking by myself again. I'm like, motherfucker. But that's when I met the guys that I ended up going with echo Two one. And I cannot think of a better way that it would end up. But at the time you don't know that. Yeah. And you're just like, motherfucker fucker you know but isn't that just like a microcosm of your whole fucking life it really is yeah it really fucking is like if we, if we look at your life and talk about the things you've been through and you have you've been on you know podcasts and talked about you know journey to sobriety and falling down and you know being alone feeling alone at times even though you're surrounded by the most like-minded people you can be around for sure but just because you weren't in the groove, you go through that moment of being alone. So it doesn't matter where you are in this world. Like, there's a message in there. Like, yeah. Like, you could feel alone in this world surrounded by the closest thing to you. It just, if you feel alone, you feel alone. Yeah. That, 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 like, you know, when you feel like you're going through your personal battle of this broken foot injury, you know, it it's a thing where you feel like oh, I'm going through this alone. It's just me. And I broke my fucking foot and you start to feel sorry for myself and fucking school of infantry ain't working out. And you know, it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole, but it's all goes back to the, you know, you got to take that next step. You gotta, you gotta take that step forward. You gotta, right. you gotta figure it out. Like, okay, well I'm in school of infantry. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and whine and cry and be like, Oh, I'm alone. Or am I going to take that step to fucking figure it the fuck out and, and graduate this shit and become a badass Marine and, you know, well, and unfortunately, you don't receive the message until much later. Yeah, until you're 38. Well, not 40, even, yeah. or like just a few weeks into SOI, but yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, it's the same thing. I just don't know these dudes yeah. yet. You know, but again, right when my fucking foot healed, I got right back to my shit. So I would go out on the weekends. I'm not, I wasn't some square, but like yeah. for the most part, I was all right with staying. Like I was kind of nerdy, like in, in the fact that like I, I wanted to excel at this thing. So I got back to running and I got back. So yeah. I was able to prove myself to this new group of guys through physical, my like physical shit, you know? So then they, they all, we, uh, they, yeah. they brought me in quickly, but yeah, man, it fucked me up because now when I go back, I, I know that Noriega is not, he was my motherfucker. Obviously I've said his name six times, but like I knew he wasn't going to be there for me to just go with. So, yeah. But that ended up being, you're right, that ended up being a lot of my life, too. Yeah. I mean, when I went out to Phoenix for the motorcycle school. Yeah. Nobody here could understand how I could load up my little S10 and just drive to Phoenix. There, a lot of people would ask me, because I, I like having going away parties. It's a reason to get together. What the fuck, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. But they're all like, dude, you can't just move to Phoenix, Arizona by your, you've never been there before. Why not? And they're like, you don't know, you don't know anybody. Who are you going to? I'm like, who cares? They're like, yeah, do you can't just fucking move. I'm like, yes, you can. Watch this. Yeah. And I just, me and my buddy got in a truck and fucking started driving. And then I went to school there for like two years. But rehab, when I had to go down there, I remember we, we had to keep a journal. Yeah. And it's funny because we heard Whitesnake in uh, oh, uh, yeah. Home Depot today. Yeah. The, the first page of my journal, which I threw away, I probably should have kept it just because it would be funny. But the, the first sentence was, here I go again on my own. Yeah. Every fucking thing I do. I have to go by myself, completely figure it out, which I think is helpful. Yeah. You know, because most of that shit is by yourself. Oh, yeah. Those dark hours in the middle of the night. Yeah. Even if you, you know, I got 
you know, my family with me. I have a close group of friends that understand the struggles I've been through as an adult, as a child, everything. You know, I, I mean, I have, I'm surrounded by people. I, I don't say that as a brag. I mean, I mean that in a good way. I'm surrounded by people that care about me and that I care about and yeah. that know who I am. But all these dark days, I still got to do it on my own because it's at 2 o'clock in the morning inside my head or even if I'm in a crowd of people, it's me inside my head. The dark the dark places now are inside your head. Yeah. When so and you go through that alone yeah you, you can't you know nobody can understand what you're going through those times where you're like where somebody's talking hey you even listen to me you listen to me you even here with me no i'm not here with you you know not always i'm alone and with the thoughts in my head all the time though you know and i think that 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 is part of it i don't know what the fuck we were talking about or what point we were getting to here, no you're it was just being on your own and kind of starting over again and yeah when I can call you and go, hey, this thing's going on. I think the helpful part with a lot of people like us is that I don't need you to know where I'm coming from and I don't need you to have an answer for me. Like, yeah. that's not why I called you. I called you because I know that the feelings I have and probably even worse, I know for you and I, are the words I use to describe those feelings and the people involved in making those feelings like my reality. Yeah. And you can't say those things to everybody or anybody. Yeah. So when I'm able to just call you and give you that description, and then you're able to, A, just take it because it can't be offensive when it's coming from two people like us. Yeah. Um you're able to do that thing for me and i hope it goes the other way too for sure you're able to do that thing for me that's like okay i just vented out all this and i know it's small bullshit but it it obviously got me to a point where i needed to call tim and just let this thing fucking fly where yeah. no one else can hear me and judge me and hopefully you don't have it on speakerphone yeah, and shit not like even that. the wives right hey make sure the wives are out of the room right make sure make sure the kids are out of the room this is uh yeah you got to be this kind of person to understand the conversation yeah. we're getting ready to have and hide the darkness that we're going to talk about. Yeah, so. it's like a little yeah. safe room where you go lock in there with your dude, bullshit, get it out, and then yeah. it, and then it's gone. And It's important in life, too. If you you got to have that guy. If you, you, sure. And if you don't have that, because even our wives, you've been with your wife a lot longer than I've been with mine. Yeah. I know I can tell her anything, but like... I can see like the look on her face sometimes when I describe things. And it's yeah. just it's no, just I like it. yeah. well, who the fuck did I marry? And I'm like, no, it's still me. Yeah. I'm still a pretty good dude, but I, I don't come at you with most of my shit because I understand that this is a fucked up way to describe a situation. Yeah. Well, I dude, I I think the funniest my wife ever looked at me with all these situations was we were talking about my daughter, my middle daughter Delilah. I'm going to say her name. You know, I, I, I love my kids. I love my kids. Delilah is a, she's a tough gal. I love her. You know, and we were all joking around that one day she's just going to ruin some man's life. Sorry, Delilah. Uh, when you grow up and if you ever listen to this, uh, we mean that as a, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, she's just so tough. She's so strong-minded. Yeah. It is like yeah, talking is. to me. Sure. But in a girl form, when I'm talking to her, just the way she views the world and the way she calculates everything it's like I, it's just mini me yeah um 
And my wife was like, yeah, but, it, you know, I'm so scared. What if somebody, like, is abusive with her? And she, I'm afraid she might kill him when she grows up. And I was like, I just hope that she calls me first. Yeah. And my wife's like, what? And I'm like, because I'm going to tell her hang up that phone. I'm on my way, and yeah. I'll hide that body for you. Don't Easy worry. Easy fix. Yeah. And my wife's like, what? You would do that? And I'm like, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and that... And then we see all these people on TV, like, getting judged for, they, they don't want to judge their own kids for, look, I'm not saying that my kid wouldn't, would, is a good person because they did that, or that person's a good person, but I understand, like, there's not a line I wouldn't cross for my kids, and I think for us that, the, the, the military was, gave us lines that we couldn't cross. Yeah. Uh, they, they were pretty, they were pretty far. You know that, that line. You could you could take that line pretty far in yeah. life, and and you know the the military asked us to uh, do things for our country that some people don't like. You know, I'm not saying me and you. I just mean the the military in general. The government asked our military to do things to people around the world throughout time that people some people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like. Some people don't like the fact that violence exists in this world, but mm-hmm. it's fucking facts of the world. And. Uh, you know, it's, it's just part of life. And I'm not saying it's okay, but the military asked me to do this. Now, when we talk about my children, well, if I was willing to do things for my military, for the military, whether I did them or didn't, don't matter. But you don't think I'm going to have the same kind of thought process behind my children? Like, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking hide a body from my children. There's no fucking line I wouldn't cross for my kids. Yeah. So any boys out there listening to this, I got two uh, beautiful girls. You ever touch them, I'll take the skin off your body with yeah. a blowtorch. I don't care. I'll do what I have to do to protect my children when i say that stuff from a wife sometimes i can see those like oh geez who the hell did i uh-oh that go big dog there he is folks the one and only echo in person i don't know what he saw who fucking knows but he's out there barking at nothing yeah because that's his job so but we're talking about you know our wives and how we some there's some things we can't talk to about our wives. It's, you know, yeah. that, that was the whole point was like, not that I can't talk to my wife, but she just doesn't understand some of the things. And she has to compartmentalize because at the end of the day, she has to be married to my psychotic ass. Yeah. You know, and that's I have to realize that. So there's there's things that I don't want to talk to her about all the time. You know, a lot of us get judged or for sharing our feelings and open it, or not sharing our feelings and not opening up. And and then we do. And then. Shit, a lot of times people don't want to hear what we have to say. You know, some some of the darkness in some of us is so deep that when, you know, they're like, oh, you never you never talk to me. You never you never open up. Well, when guys open up, you might not like what comes out. You might not right. like what you hear. You might not, you know, it might be too much. And some of us, you know, not not just veterans or they're, they're just people in this world that have had the shit end of the stick and they close off because you put those walls up around your heart and around your personality because, you know, you've never known anything good. And then you find somebody good and then they want to open up those holes or those tear down those walls. And some of them walls, they don't want to tear down. They don't know how to handle it. So we got to be careful when we have a wife and kids and everything of what we're saying. And yeah. that's, why, that's why it's important to have these relationships with, For sure. with people you can reach out to that know where you're coming from and know how you feel and maybe don't. Didn't have the exact story because we can sit here and tell our stories all day long. Our story's not, not the same, not even a little bit. No, right. But our stories allow each other to understand each other. That's yeah. what it is. It's not that we have the same story. It's a story of, of pain and overcoming and endurance and 
highs and lows, and we, we've had those, and that allows us to have an understanding with one another. You don't have to have the same experience as everybody. You don't have to. I don't know how many people have come to me and be like, "Well, I, I didn't go to combat, so I don't know. I don't know what it's like." And I'm like, "Well, no, but like, what what have you been through in your life? Do you know what it's like to go through hard shit? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, other life translates. Yeah, it's it's people." People that have been through hard shit can understand, you know, people that have, you're not, if, if you survived cancer, like you were battling cancer for years and you survived, I, I think I'd rather go to combat. For sure. I think I'd rather go to combat. For sure. You know, and. That's I, tough guy or girl shit. Yeah. I have a brother-in-law right now who's fighting cancer and just having to work and deal with that and go to treatment and fucking you know, having insurance cover, you know, all of the right. treatment or all the pills. He can't even get all the treatments he right. the doctors recommend or all the pills the doctors recommend because insurance only covers X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, it doesn't cover the rest of the alphabet. And it's like just, setting up your family for when you die, which is yeah. I mean, unfortunately mm. a thing you have to think about. It's like that 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 is tough. Yeah, fuck that. Send me back overseas and into a combat zone where it's just me. I only gotta worry about me and my guys right. walking planning. Everybody's on the same game plan. Yeah. Because everybody only wants to get the danger know. is well known. Yeah. It's not we know what's coming. Well, not where it is and yeah. when it's gonna happen, but but we know it's there. It's there, and it's yeah. just over there, and it's a bunch of different places. But yeah. cancer, like you, you don't feel good one day. You go into the doctor, and they yeah. tell you, you got six months. Like what the fuck? Yeah, and then four years later, you're still in treatment, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Am I ever gonna beat this? Yeah, and, that's a rough thing. And people, you know, half most of the time, people die of treatment. I'm, if I, I said most, I probably. Gonna it's get a tough out. road. I'm gonna probably get called out for that. It's not most. It's forty eight percent. Well, it's brilliant because yeah. no one's, I mean, not that many people are listening. And if they are, they understand what you're saying. So No, cool. I mean, if, if two people are listening, somebody's going to call us out. Uh, so. That'll be all right. Yeah, the comments okay. are good. Yeah, let's go. I don't care. Uh, but yeah, that that is that is tough. But I found out, and you know, you know Doc Shapiro, and I got to figure out a way that I can talk to him on this thing. But sometimes the non-military, well, especially with him, was much easier for me to relate to. Because it, then it doesn't become like a pissing match. Yeah, nobody's, my dick's six inches. Yeah, and like, well, this five. is what I did, and this is where I was. And yeah. it's like, so to me, that that civilian thing, there, well, he was able to just let me kind of explain and then not, I don't know, it just didn't seem like there was that competition, almost. Yeah. That it seems like sometimes when you meet a guy and you go, they go, who are you with? And it's like, Two yeah. two one echo and and then and maybe it's me, but it's almost like is that is that good enough for the fucking answer you're looking for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, I didn't want to get into this with you. I just wanted to say, hey man, and you know, just bullshit with you. But um, it seems to me like sometimes that competition things there, and then but but having buddies that or anybody really that I don't know. Some people just. Um, you can bounce stuff off of them easier. And some people it like sticks to and it doesn't come back the way you would like it to and then it doesn't work out well, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was i always worried about like groups of veterans, getting together with groups of veterans yeah. to talk because there is there is that hierarchy. And I, I remember one of my favorite things is uh, when I was at the VCP and we were interviewing people, you know, we got to select people and uh, some people don't make the cut. Yeah, You know, we might have interviewed 25 people and might be taking 12. 
you know, and I got to pick the right 12 people that I, I believe are going to get a job, that have the right skill sets, that, or, or that maybe some people need the most help. You never know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it all depends. You know, there's a whole criteria we were looking at when we were looking at people. Well, one guy didn't get selected, and he wrote the nastiest email. I wish I would have cop it. And he's like, I don't give a fuck if you got your hand blown off. I did more than you fucking ever did, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how the fuck does this guy know anything I did? I never said anything I've done. Nor is that any of that yeah, important. It doesn't even matter to me. Uh, I'm just trying to help you get a job or not get a job, and you just weren't selected because probably because that dickhead personality you fucking emailed with me showed up yeah. in your goddamn interview people so if you're that kind of asshole online you know yeah uh you're probably going to show up with that asshole in person yeah so that's that's one thing like i think that we struggle with is just communication in general as humans but then the veterans get that it's like the communication the ego and it, it gets old I hate doing it. I hate being part of it. I'd rather, you know, like, hey, I did this. Yeah, cool, I did this. It's like, cool. You know, not, oh, I was better than you. Right. Oh, you were, the one thing that kind of gets me, and, and you and I, we, Army, Marine, we'll go, we'll take one or two jab at each other now and then. It is so rare yeah, with us to be. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot with us. To be Army versus Marine, and a lot of my friends are Marines, and I, we just don't do that, yeah. like, almost ever. Yeah, because it's lame. It, well, it, I, I once told a group of guys at the VCP, uh, they were all going back and forth over who's tougher and fucking this guy's in the Marine Corps. Like, I'm a Marine, I'm tough, and this guy's in the fucking Army. Like, I'm in the Army, I'm this, I'm tough, and you're fucking Air Force, Navy pussies, and they were all going back and forth. And I'm like, buddy, if you have to say you're tough because of a branch of service you stood in, that means that you're tough because of other people, right? because of you. Yeah, good point. That is a historical toughness. That is not a current toughness. You standing face to face with a guy and telling him, motherfucker, I was a Marine. I'm tough. That doesn't mean shit to no. me. Yeah. It doesn't mean, and you know what? It don't mean shit to 99% of tough guys out there. They no. They're not hearing it. They don't give a fuck. No. So it, it ain't, that ain't working on them. So it's so stupid to be like, well, I was in the Marines, so I'm better. I was in the Army, I was better. I was this, I was that. You know, some of those stereotypes fit, but at the end of the day, we all had a job to do. Some of us just picked better jobs. Some of us picked worse yeah. jobs. Some of us got fucked by recruiters. Some of us didn't. Some sure. of us, some of us had a family line to honor. And, you know, I I know plenty of guys that they were you know, third, fourth, fifth generation core. Yeah, I get that. I didn't come from that. So yeah, for me it was just like, hey, whatever. Whoever's gonna take me and put me in combat, sure. I'm going. I never felt comfortable with that branch war thing anyway, and unless. Unless a person was having fun with it, but yeah. like outside of everything, I don't, I don't feel that comfortable, um, kind of bashing anybody. I think it's a bad look anyway. Yeah. But if you know anything about it, like if you are infantry, yeah. There's a lot that goes into just making you able to do that job. Yeah. So it's like. I'm always just grateful and like, or, or like if you meet like pilots and air force dudes and Navy dudes, I'm yeah. like, you fucking dudes work on a, a ship, you know, like that's fucking cool work. Yeah. I always thought it was just cooler to talk to all those people and like, see what they do. And like, if you work in a supply shop and you're, you know, basically running a forklift and well, but all that water that you're carrying or MREs or whatever that that's for me. Yeah. So the way I see it, like, thanks, you know, I don't need to call you some pussy because you didn't go like 
it seems to me like you're pretty happy with whatever you're doing. And yeah. I think that that's the best part about it is if like, if you're happy with anything you do military or civilian, I don't, the money, I think you and I agree a lot about that. The money isn't shit. And it's oh. like, happiness is fucking pretty cool. Getting caught in the chase and the grind of money is the biggest problem. I think we have in our society. Yeah. I mean, not, it's not me sitting here being like, oh, we should be socialists. Or, oh, I'm not saying that at all, people. I'm not, I don't know what any of that means, so it's not. Yeah, it, it's just like, but when you get down to everything costs money, I need money, I got to make more money, I want bigger things, I want better things, and then, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses kicks in, and then, like, that grind, that's that's depression. Yeah. That's where the depression comes from. Depression doesn't come because we have bad things. You know, generally speaking, most of us don't have bad things going on uh, in in our lives. Like, not terrible things. Right. Most of us. Yeah. There's some, you know, people out there, there'd be somebody out there screaming, fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about, nobody's listening to anything you said. But if there were, fuck you, you don't know what I'm going through, and that's not what I'm talking about. But most of us yeah, don't have life-or-death situations we're faced with every day. We don't have bad things going on in our lives, you know, our bills are paid, even if your bills aren't paid, it's not like people are kicking down your door to come collect it, and they're just like, oh, there's a $5, you know, late fee, because we're in a different world nowadays than we were, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's just, yeah. you know, we're so much forgiving of everything, now everybody around America runs around in debt and has nice cars, and Right, it's all self people got iPhones, yeah. you know, and it's like, what the fuck is yeah. going on in this world? It's self-inflicted pain, though, Yeah, because it's like, if you go get a side-by-side tomorrow, I will put fuel in it, yeah. then I'll clean it at the end of the weekend, but it won't drive me unless you have this property, and, like, I know my family is going to have time. On weekends, I'm fucking busy. Yeah. I don't need a boat. I don't want uh, a boat. Yeah. I, I, but if you have a boat and you offer to take me and my kids and my wife out on your boat, I will fill the fucking thing up with gas, 200 bucks, I don't care, and then I'll, like, wash it for you, and I'll do all that shit to show my appreciation. I don't need all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I got a really good friend of mine when his boys were young. He's got three boys. When they were young, before sports had really kicked off and before all that, he had this fucking beautiful, like, I don't know, 32-foot campers. It was fucking cool, one of the ones that, like, Megatron's out on yeah, you and it all, yeah, it comes shit, to life. Yeah. And uh and I remember the first couple years, man, they would go like six times a fucking year. And they were having so much fun and making all these memories. And I remember thinking, that's life. Yeah. And this dude had a great family life growing up. Like it was one of those houses being poor kids like us went to to eat on yeah. Sunday, whether your buddy was there or not. I was at the Bowers house every fucking Sunday morning. His dad always made dope breakfast. Yeah. Um so it, it he and his family were going out all the time. Well, as the kids got a little bit old, I, he might still own the motherfucker now. I don't know. But as the kids got older and sports were happening three times a week and then every fucking weekend, then you got traveling teams. And now you're really yeah. fucking, you're really booked. And uh, I talked to him a few years later. I'm like, you guys been camping much, you know? And he's like, I pay for the fucking thing. And then I pay for it to sit in some gravel parking lot somewhere. Yeah. He's like, I don't have time to ever even think about that thing. The tires are probably right. So it's like, there are some things, this podcasting equipment, this was something I knew I wanted to do, so I invested in it. But there are like some things where I think it's fun, but yeah. I'm not going to go buy all the best equipment for it because I'm a dude and I like to do a lot of stuff a little bit. Yeah. And and so it's like, I, I think 
you know, and but but there are things that we don't need that we want. Oh yeah. And then so a lot of it's trouble about that. You I know? want that side by side. Now you start talking. I know. It. See, and then now I'll just get in yours. You know what I'll do? Yeah. I'll talk you into getting a six seater, <laughs> and then we'll be all good. Yeah. But like that happiness thing, I uh, if I can get not if I can get out of night shifts, I will actually lose money. Yeah. Because I won't be working overnights and uh, the night differentials and oh, shit. Wow. But my happiness level, I was able to do like a two-month um, temporary maintenance gig at my job. A couple months ago, a buddy of mine had surgery on his, what's that, L4 and L5 behind your neck there? Some stuff. Whatever the fuck. He had some surgery on some stuff. So he neck. was, yeah, he was out for two months. Yeah. I was able to do this temporary thing. So that's four tens a week. Thursday. I worked Monday through Thursday. Yeah. My happiness level was so high. I got to put my kids to bed every night. Not that I'm one of those dudes that has to read a book to my kids every night, because I don't. But yeah. I got to put my kids to bed every night. I made every practice. I was, like, able to do normal people shit in this night shift thing. So what I'm saying is that, I'm, you know, we came from nothing. Yeah. We came from little. We had enough. And yeah. for what is worth, being a single mom, like, I thought everything was just fine. I, I knew there was struggle, but I, she didn't want me to feel it. Yeah, all that much. So I, uh, so, so I th just thought it was normal, but like, I'm all right not having a ton of money. You know, my happiness. What I'm point to this is my time and my happiness are way more valued valuable to me at 40 than they ever were. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny you're talking about like you felt normal. It's because everybody around you had the same thing though. So that no, was no, they normal. didn't. Oh, they didn't. No. So for me, like everybody around me was in the same kind of boat. Like we were all kind of poor. So well, like where I lived on Loyola, right off of North Limburg, there was this stretch of I don't know, eight or ten duplexes. Yeah. Across the street were all ranch houses with you know basements and pools and like these people yeah. had more than one bathroom and if you flush the toilet that yeah. it doesn't burn you in the shower and shit like that yeah so I didn't, I didn't know what that was like until i bought my own house yeah it was amazing all the all the friends i had growing up had normal like homes yeah and so i i was always with friends of mine and my mom was so appreciative because i had opportunities to go to the lake and to go camping and go fishing with these friends so she would always find a way to come up with 40 bucks for me. Yeah. And like all, and she would be, well, you're fucking there. Manners and respect. And, and so that was something that I since taught to my kids. Like I was yeah, so. Kids are very well mannered. Very you. well mannered kids. Thank you. I was so grateful that these people would invite me, but I, but I, I tried to be good at their house. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to get in trouble with yeah. my buddy because if you get in trouble, I don't get to go to the lake, you know? Yeah. 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 So having those people around uh it, it and then i got to see like how men how fathers act yeah. with their kids and and how you know like buddies of mine their dad like how what is it like to be a husband because i didn't get to see any of that my yeah. mom got married uh when i was in sixth grade she was with a guy named gary he's a really cool dude um she was with him for a few years they got married and for my sixth grade year we lived in a house. I lived in one home my whole entire life. It was duplexes until uh, it was a duplex until sixth grade. Sixth grade, we lived in this house over in Hazelwood, and then uh, after that, we moved into the apartment that I lived in until like I don't know. I was 
in my third, like my mom lived in that apartment until like my 30s. So everyone around me had a seemingly normal life as far as like both parents and, and, yeah. and married and incomes and shit like that. And I just didn't, but I don't know. I guess you just get used to it. And I, I remember, um, when video games were coming out, I didn't want to ask my mom if she would get me the Super Nintendo because, and I feel this as a parent now, I don't know if you do, but I, I she didn't want to tell me no. Yeah. She couldn't afford it. Yeah. But I didn't want her to have to, right? I was exactly. so sensitive to yeah. her and, and I knew how hard she, I knew how much she fucking struggled and like I knew how hard she worked for me and my sister. So I didn't want to have to put that on her. So I was like that kid. I didn't want to ask for stuff like, yeah. you know, regular like shoes and shit, you know, and she would make sure I had a baseball glove and like make sure, you know, my grandparents helped out a lot. Make sure I need I had what I needed for sure. But I didn't want to put that burden of like guilt on her because my my dad wasn't paying child support. And that bullshit, yeah. You know, so it was like I didn't want to put that on her. But I, I fucking we were happy. Yeah. That's and, good. It, and it, so it's like, I don't know, this whole thing about money. It's, I don't know. Time and time and time. That, that that's the one thing we wish we had more out of at the end. Yeah, I can't buy no more of that shit. Can't buy it. Maybe someday, huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe someday, like that movie okay. with uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. hot, what's her name? Um, that Russian chick from the '70s show, Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, used yeah. to date her a long time ago. Yeah, you did. I did for a uh, while. I loved her. I gotta uh, correct you. She's Ukrainian. Oh, is she? My yeah, bad. So My bad. She'd be really mad. She would be pissed now. Right yeah. Probably whoop your ass. Yeah. Too, them Ukrainian people. But they were able to buy time. We don't have that one. Yeah. No. It. Uh. I, I think it's why I have a different outlook on life. It's because of uh, everything that happened in the military, and we didn't get into. We didn't get into Germany in the podcast. No. Uh. And you know them modeing me on Demerol and having to defib me back and. Uh, you know, then coming to Walter Reed and mixing medications and having a fucking heart attack at Walter Reed. Let me stop you. Yeah. I asked a friend of mine this when we went to our reunion. Yeah. He had OD'd not in a hospital and not under medical care. Yeah. And it's, and again, it, this is going to be a great example of something we were just talking about earlier. I felt comfortable enough knowing this motherfucker. So I asked him. You know, when you OD, I think it was like 13 or 19 times. It's a lot. Oh, Jesus. I was like, do you, or, I didn't even, I'm trying to make it sound better now that I'm on this, but fuck that. Yeah. I was like, what's it like to die? Yeah. And he was like, man, it just kind of, everything just shuts off. You just yeah. kind of, it just black. Do you remember? Like, do you remember? Or were you, you were probably fucked up out of it. Oh, anyway. I mean, I was definitely fucked up, but I do remember, uh, it was, I just felt, thought I was sleeping. Like, I remember, uh, uh, so we just went dark. Oh, let's go dark. Let's <laughs> fucking go dark. Uh, actually, for whatever this this story doesn't get me that much. It does. It, it doesn't. No, me really either. Not, but uh, some people just because it's a good lesson for people. You sure, know? it's a good lesson for doctors sure. and That's nurses what we're here out to there. Do. Be careful uh, what, you, what you're giving your patients. Uh -huh. um, so I was having trouble sleeping post accident. You know, this is. I mean, we we're talking forty eight hours. Yeah, you know, or. 30 hours later after I get blown up. Tim got blown up. Yeah, I got blown up. Uh, if, if we haven't mentioned it yet, I'm missing my left hand. Part of my right hand was ripped in half. To, no. Right hand uh, was actually worse, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we mentioned it, but... Uh, Don't be a crybaby. Yeah, no, I know, man. It's just, just carry on with the story. So 48, 
Germany. Well, I, yeah, well, I don't remember. I don't know how many hours Whatever. we're after, but it, it's easily within the first like three days, okay. two days. Uh, and every time I'd like go to fall asleep, I'd have like a seizure, basically. Now, uh, could you? Are you awake? Can you feel any? Like, do you oh, have yeah, any? I'm, I'm full conscious. Okay. I'm. I mean, I'm talking. I'm. I'm just. I can't. I'm not moving around. But my hands are wrapped up. I got nerve blocks okay. in my arms and stuff. So my arms don't work. Really. So you're con- conscious. But I'm conscious, and uh, I'm having a lot of. I didn't even have nerve blocks in my arm yet. So you know, but I'm struggling with pain management and sleeping. And I was having some like seizure, like movements every time i'd like go to sleep i would like jolt and i to this day i still do it real bad yeah so they kept trying to calm me down calm me down like give me dimmer on next thing you know uh buddy's getting up to go to the bathroom you know we talked about west night previously mm-hmm. gets up to use the restroom and he's like oh that's cool he's sleeping he comes back and he's like is he sleeping i don't see him breathing and you know came over and checked on me and i wasn't breathing Everything. Doesn't the machine go off? You would think that's what it does. That's what happens in the movies, right? Doesn't the tinnitus machine go off? Yeah, that's, what, that's what happens in the fucking movies. But I think it was we just got to Germany, uh, you know, and getting checked in and everything, and you know, you're coming from a combat zone to Germany. It's not like they were. I want the fucking hook machine me. hooked up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I wasn't hooked up or what the fuck it was. Yeah, it was, you know. Anyway, I, um, so. You know, and next thing I know, I'm being defib back to life. I thought I was just sleeping. I was kind of pissed off. I got woke up is what the way I remember it. And people are standing over me and everybody's like, oh, you know, did you see the light? I didn't see shit. I just thought I was trying to fucking sleep. Yeah. You know, I just I kind of looked at it as I was sleeping. I didn't see anything. It was it was dark. Like I was sleeping. And then it was very, very bright. But it's not because I was going to heaven. They had a fucking light <laughs> right above my head. Yeah, you weren't going to right in my face. Oh, sure. fuck no. That's, that, oh, that's out. So no, that was out the Don't door, plan man. on that. If, no. If you needed me to clarify, yeah, no. it's not out. Don't worry. The elevator is broken, sir. Yeah. St. Peter's like, you got this far? So, but there wasn't a feeling? Like, you, you, you don't remember don't, anything weird? I don't remember anything weird, man. What about the defib? Uh, Isn't that defib? Yeah. Yeah. No, I Did you remember the... Clear. I just remember... Oh shit! Here really? You just, awake. Oh. So it's like a what, sleep apnea, yeah. wake up yeah. feeling. Like, <gasps> yeah. what's going on? Why is everybody standing around me? So yeah. then they told you that you OD'd. I mean, that I, maybe I would not tell you that if, uh, I, if I fucked up and gave you too much Demerol. I might be like, yeah. I don't remember how it came out or who told me or how it went down. But uh, when they're standing over there with defib or with uh, you know paddles over you and they're all looking at you fucking sideways, like I hope this dude wakes up or my yeah, my license or whatever. My license is fucking done with. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of get an idea. Since There was a sense of panic in the room and everything, but then there was like a sense of relief when I got up. So sure. I was like, there was a, a panic and then sudden relief after everybody realized I was going to be okay. I think after I said the first couple words or whatever, people like, yeah. oh, thank fucking God. I still got a job. So I, I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? And the nurse is like, yeah, they gave you too much Demerol. Yeah. My yeah. buddy, that's what he I said, the same yeah. thing. Like... It wasn't a feeling. It just it, it, it. Well, I guess you don't feel anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. He he didn't say anything about lights. He didn't say anything about yeah. ascending any fucking where. Which that motherfucker ain't going. Yeah, he ain't going either. If there's a heaven, he ain't going. That motherfucker. We're holding hands, walking down the hall the other way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you two back yeah. in the line. <laughs> so yeah, but he. Yeah. I, it was. Uh, and one of the guys looked over. Was like, damn, bro. I'm like, fuck that. I'm gonna yeah. ask. No, nah, man. It. I mean. One time I went camping. Oh, we were on a float trip. 
and uh, a guy from here had morphine pills. And I wasn't even heavy into addiction. I just wanted to get fucked up. Yeah. And uh, they were time-released. I don't know what milligram they were. They were blue and white capsules. And he remembers it. Had the code 3215 on the side of it. Uh, yeah. It weighed about 0. 0.606 grams. <laughs> I fucking, I, you know, float yeah, trip, you're yeah. drinking the whole 72 hours. So I started eating them, and they weren't working because they were time released and plus i guess i don't know how the liver actually works but i'm sure it was sifting through all the alcohol and then trying to process these things and yeah. it, it might have just been slower or i might have been getting fucked up and just didn't realize it because i was so drunk but yeah i ended up eating too many of these things and my buddy he was in, in, in the army too and uh he no he came in to check on me and noticed that like my breathing was very slow and he like so he had he had done enough medical shit to where like you know, I can give you an IV and stop you from yeah. bleeding for a little while, but then, like, that's the end of the rope. And uh, so, I thankfully, he, like, I think sat with me. He was trying to talk to some chick, and they, like, came in the same tent. And yeah. I think he, he told me that he sat with me all night and just kept checking my pulse and shit. And it's like, when I woke up the next day, I felt terrible because now you've got all these things in your body. And, Ugh, like, yeah. it felt terrible. But when he told me the story of how slow my breathing was, and I'm like... You fucking idiot, you know? You just got home from this thing not that long ago, and, like, you're, you're lucky as fuck to be here anyway. And now, you know, like I said, this was before my addiction, yeah. so this was just a party drug, which it, it, it is not, you it know? It is not. It's, it, so you well, got your hand blown off drug. Here's morphine. It will fucking yeah. kill you, yeah. you know? And my yeah. heart was, my heart oh, was like, shit. slowing down. It was fucking... Uh, I remember being scared. I mean, obviously, it didn't scare me enough because years later, I was snorting the fucking things, but... Yeah. I, it, it was scary to think, like, I had no clue. And, you know, you got all these kids. Have you ever heard of a Skittles party? Oh, yeah. Just throw them in a bucket or a bowl, and they just grab pills and take whatever. You just pass it around and That's take... so fucking stupid. Dude, and apparently what the kids were doing, this was way past you and I's time, but, like, these are high school kids. Yeah. And if you... So you go home. We both go home. If there's anything in our parents' medicine cabinet that says may cause drowsiness, yes. that that's like the indicator of okay, take three of these. Add alcohol into it, and right. you're gonna feel right. uh, nothing. You're gonna feel nothing. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, somebody's older brother might have given you a couple you know, mollies or something, whatever was in this fucking bowl. Yeah. But all these kids skip school, get alcohol, and then take a pill. You just pass it around yeah. to the bowl's fucking empty. So you can even. Uh, Antidepressants. You can only imagine. Anti-anxiety pills. Boner pills. Boner pills. Fucking all kinds Uppers, of downers, shit. in-betweeners. And uh, then, and then like, these kids are just fucking dying. And they're, they're doing the toxicity on them going, why in yeah. the fuck would anybody? Well, so obviously the story came out. But these kids were all fucking dying from taking these things. And it's yeah. like, I don't know, man. You, you, it's, it's so, um. It's so easy to take for granted. And yeah. coming from a former hardcore drug addict, like you just it it can all go away so quick. It can happen so quick. And I I I was so down and addicted that it never I mean that might have almost been welcomed at some times. Like yeah. like going through withdrawal for sure. It was like fucking anything's better than this. You yeah. know? It was fucking painful and like I remember I thought one time if I stayed in a hot shower long enough, it would wash away the withdrawal. 
Because, like, dude, you're fucking... Did you ever go through... No, just kind of like when we were talking about earlier about after I got out of the hospital and just yeah. dumped everything. Yeah, I had a, I had a withdrawal because it's been two months on... Yeah. Almost two months on Dilaudid, morphine, Percocet. Right. Vicodin, all kinds of shit. I, I, that was the only time I've ever had... To, any yeah. withdrawal symptoms. You made a good decision. I decision. I was only going through withdrawal because I either ran out of money or there was no more there were no more pills or yeah. or meth and or I whatever. I had plenty else. left. Right. Five hundred yeah. dilated, five hundred morphine, five hundred Vicodin, five hundred Percocet. I mean, I had you know what the street value of that? Is? Oh, that's what everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I know, man. People were pissed. When, I mean, you know, one of my best friends at the time, his brother was a big addict, and he like, what the fuck? I yeah. would have gave you. You know, five hundred bucks for that. Other guys want to give more. Like, yeah, it it's was crazy, dude. Yeah, Dilaudid was. It, it was just too good, though. I knew I had to get rid of it. Yeah, that and was the worst. I think that was the worst pain yeah. I've ever felt. When when I, you know, when you get your hand blown off, and life feels good. Holy fuck, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like yeah. Holy shit, yeah. you you know that there's something in there that should not be in there when you have. You know, your hand blown off, your other hand blown off, your jaws fucked right. up, your head's fucked up. Like, you, you, you're just your whole body hurts. You, you've damn near bled to death. You've OD'd. You've had a fucking heart attack. You've had all this shit, but then they give you Dilaudid, and it feels like you fall into a pool of fucking puppies. And, yeah, you know, and you just feel like you're floating in the sky, and everything feels great, and nothing hurts, and it's scary. You know, it is. Yeah, it's it. I was terrified to get addicted to that feeling. I remember I was so anti-drug growing up, you know. Uh, I was too. And I looked at my mom, and when we were in the hospital, and I remember saying to my mom, uh, "I said, I think I know what heroin addicts go through." Now. Yeah, I think I understand heroin addicts now yeah. a little bit better because I was always so anti-heroin. You grew up in North County, you know, heroin, heroin, heroin. People sure. dying of heroin. Uh, you know, it was just, it was so prevalent. And for me to always be like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? Do they not see everybody dropping dead? Do they not look, you know, these guys can't even fucking stand up straight. What the fuck yeah. are they doing? And then, you know, you get your hand blown off and they put Dilaudid in you and you feel like you're doing everything great and the world feels amazing. But yeah, you can't even fucking speak yeah. a single word. And I call my mom and my, you know, wife now and I'd call Tara and be like, my hand's in the TV. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, don't like, move. Yeah, I'm fucked up on Dilaudid. That's what I'm talking about. You know, it yeah. was it was incredible. So dumping those down a fucking toilet was just it made we we might not be sitting here had I not. I mean, oh. that's a lot. Of, that was a lot of fucking pills and for sure to do it two months after I less than two months after I get injured and they, yeah. everybody thought I was crazy. Jokes on them. I am crazy. It's just yeah, I can still. Surviving society. Somehow. Yeah, I spoke about it on the the podcast at the Veterans Museum. Um, I know, I knew, I know now that I knew then. Even did that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. I knew if I did heroin because I knew if I snorted it, yeah. I don't have a problem with needles. I knew I would start shooting it. And I am the emotional type of person that if I'm having a good day, I might shoot more. If I'm yeah. having a bad day, I'm definitely going to shoot way too much. Yeah, I would. I know I would have died because I knew how much I liked painkillers. Yeah. So like I knew, and, and it's so available. 
You yeah. know, it was so fucking available and frankly a lot cheaper. Financially, it would have been a good call. Yeah. I can joke about it now, people. Please don't think that I take any of this lightly because I do not. I am so lucky to have my life or not be in prison and I but this is my way of dealing with my own personal tragedy. But dark humor get used to it, yeah, people. Yeah, this is it. But I knew that I would like heroin. Yeah. Like I uh, you have to, right? If I like these fucking oxy so much, yeah. I've got to like heroin. I've said the same about coke my whole life. I would never try coke and I mean I don't never really did any hard drugs anyways, but I would never try coke cuz I knew I'd like it too much. Dude, I remember it's... rip rip fuels and yeah. rip it pills and energy drinks overseas and man and Yellow jackets and all that stuff driving across the country, you know, taking yellow jackets, screaming heavy metal to my heart's about to fucking explode at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm just wired like a, you know, just wound like a top because I'm on all these fucking speed pills that are so common among us veterans. Yeah. That, that's why a lot of guys, I think that's why they turn to cocaine. Well, if I like speed pills and they were allowed to be passed over the counter and they were selling them. You know, back then with ephedrine and shit in them. What the? F- how much am I really gonna like cocaine? Yeah. And then, how bad that would ruin people's lives. You know, her in the nine. You know, growing up in the nineties, we had the Chris Farleys and all the all the stories. It was always your favorite, like comedian or favorite. Uh, you know, in the nineties, it felt like your favorite, like personalities were all dying of cocaine or family member. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had family members when I was in the military, you know. Uh, well, if it uncle. wasn't that great, that many people wouldn't be doing right? I mean, yeah. like, I'm saying the feeling that it gives. Exactly. You, you know, I've, obviously the outcome is, you haven't heard of a ton of people that are like, I've just been doing coke for 30 years, I'm retired, loving life. It's it's so good, it's amazing. No, Generally no. doesn't happen that way, so it's like, but fuck, man, when you do it, what it says to your brain, or meth, I yeah. mean, I fucking, meth was... That was my jam. I'm a very zero or hundred person. I either want to be podcasting with you right now or upstairs taking a nap. Yeah. Like, or like working, out, but there's not a lot of in between like gray area. Yeah, for you don't me, want so. to just sit back and relax. No, go, not, go, 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 not go. generally. Yeah, so I noticed that about you. That was my, and that helped with my, that didn't help. That made my addiction stronger because like. So it made the addiction so easy, basically. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. It was just normal. Yeah. You know, and but like, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly yeah. what I want. This is who I want to be. Yeah. But they, they call it chasing the dragon. And when you hit meth the first time, whether you snort it or smoke it, however you take it, but that feeling is fucking. I mean, the, and it, it's the chemical reaction and the dopamine and serotonin. Like, it's all yeah. that stuff going on in your brain. But like, they say that you feel like Superman. You fucking feel invincible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I that was just. Whoa, and it fucking got me good, man. And now I look back at it after all these years of not doing it, and I'm like, it just it feels dirty to me, like it yeah. did before. When I growing up, I knew a lot of these people that you could tell they were speeding. They always had on those fucking, um, it's not a welding cap, but it's like a do rag for like white people, you know, where they tie it. And it's like white trash looking, like those fucking Harley. Oh ones yeah, with, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking, what about? talking about? Yeah, the bandana. Yeah, but it's like yeah, it's like a bandana plus like a head cover with a tie on. It. Yeah, yeah, and so like it it seemed to me like that was always a big one. And then you see people's mouths and their eyes, their pupils are fucking massive. Yeah. And so like I was like I was always grossed out by it. And then when I took that fucking hit, man, they say chasing the dragon. You'll never get that one again, though. But yeah. that's that is what you're chasing. Hence the term chasing the dragon. So it's like that 
you you can't duplicate that. None of these fucking energy drinks or pills or anything no. else duplicates a hit of fucking meth, dude. It's eight hours from now, bro. And I mean, it's fucking hardcore yeah. and it's fast and it's strong and it's like, it's so bad for you. Yeah. It's so fucked up. And I loved it. Well, I I know I I know, well, I'm sure I did love it, but I knew the whole time it wasn't me. I am not meant to be a drug. I am not meant to be hiding out in my fucking bathroom yeah smoking dope like i it was just bathroom was clean as fuck though huh it was wild yeah it was clean as fuck because you're on that meth yeah it all night the day i came to alicia um i that this was rock bottom the day i came to her like i had little secret compartments up under my um kit like my bathroom sink and shit yeah. to hide all my stuff in and then like downstairs i would be up in the floor joists and had little places and shit it was it was fucking nuts yeah um but the day I came to her, I got all my shit and she was sitting at the kitchen table and I put it all out on the kitchen table. And I mean, she was like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is going on. She knew at this point, like she knew I was fucked up. Yeah, for sure. PTSD, you can use it for a while to not sleep, but like six days. Yeah. The human body has got to sleep at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Um, like my wife's used to me not sleeping, but then she knows like. All right, one of these days I'm not gonna be able to get him out of bed here yeah. in the next three or four days. He's well, if you're have trimming, one. The, yeah, yeah, if you're trimming the grass with like fingernail clippers, yeah, different, different, different type of being yeah, awake. Yeah, different kind of being awake there. Right? So by this time, Alicia had gotten a team kind of formed up, and they were all like, "You need to leave, yeah, and go to rehab." Before I got on that plane, I still had a couple uh, pills left to snort. And I remember, like, this is my... What kind of pills? Uh, Let's paint the picture. They were perks, like perks, 10 325s or something. Okay. I didn't like Vicodin because they maybe constipated, but Percocet didn't. Yeah. So I couldn't shit if I was snorting a bunch of Vicodin. But don't get me wrong, I'll snort all up. I would. Percocet makes my eyes water. Oh, not me. It makes me feel great. Like No, I, I feel good, and I talk a lot. I'll ramble a lot. Like, if we were on Percocet here, you'd Don't you'd say know. stuff like that, because I'll never be on Percocet again. Yeah. I, no, I just... It, they make my eyes water, and I fucking start rambling. Like, you'd know. Yeah. You'd immediately know. You'd be like, his eyes are glass. They watered. They turned glassy, and the motherfucker didn't shut yeah. up for three hours about, crazy. The, about the universe. So, I go in my bathroom, and uh, I broke up the last... I think there was, like, seven or eight of them. Yeah. This was this was like breakfast, seven or eight perks, and then I had like a whole menu for the day that would keep me going, and then I wanted to be high at this point, low at this point, high at this point. Yeah, I went in and broke up the rest of them on the uh, on this counter, like the sink, and uh, I knew, like I knew, I was at rock bottom. Like I, it was like this, and I did end up relapsing months later. We'll get there someday, but um. I had all these broken up and I was crying and I like I looked in the mirror and is like of all the good you have done and and the the family you came from and all the good people that love you and have your back and fucking support you this is where you are. I was she was packing for me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this was that same morning. She was packing for me to get on a plane. She was going to be taking care of my kids, not her kids, my not kids. Her kids, I was going to say taking care of my fucking kids while I went away for 30 days down to Florida to a fucking treatment facility that I got into for free. Thanks to Cheryl Reed. If you ever hear this, thank you so much. Were you guys um, married at the time? 
No, fuck I, no. I didn't think we so. were just like dating for like a year, dude. Now I'd known her for a long time, so I wasn't leaving my kids with a stranger yeah. by any means. No, I know what you. But mean. I probably wouldn't have given yeah. a fuck if I'm being really honest with you. I would have left them with anybody because they were better off with somebody else than me. Better than yeah. could have been a fucking yeah, mailman. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're you know? saying. Um, so I got all these things broke up in this fucking monster rail, and uh, I remember a teardrop fell into my line, and I like there was this part of me that was like, motherfucker, you can't yeah. snort that. And then there's other part of me that like, fucking watch me. Wow, isn't that uh, the perfect portrait of who you are right now? Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. you're about to get on a plane to go get clean, yet you still have to snort these last few pills. Then you're fucking crying because you've devastated your life and fucking embarrassed yourself and ashamed your fucking self and all this other stuff. This is me thinking this yeah. way. Um, and all these other things, and you got this fucking woman in there who actually cares about you and these kids that deserve you and need you. And and so it was it was like um this metaphor for like where life was, right? So you got this line of powder that your brain is telling you makes you happy. You know it doesn't. You're under no preconceived it, notion that yeah. you're actually happy. You know you're fucking miserable yeah. and you have been for a few years. And, it, and and but you'll feel good for an hour, right? Maybe at best. But yeah. even that didn't stop me from snorting this fucking exactly. thing. So I went through all these emotions about who I am and where I've come and w like what I'm doing in this bathroom and where I'm about to go on this plane and who this person is, and then it still went. Ah, I'd do it anyway. Yeah. And it's like what a fucking um. That thing where something is something, but it's the exact opposite at the same time. I can't think of the word, but um, like what a thing. And I fucking snorted. Paradox. Yes, that's exactly what I was uh, trying to think of. What a thing to. Thanks, GI Bill. See, I heard that on The Departed. That's a good movie. Jack, when he said it's a paradox. Anyway, yeah. like what a weird whole description of where you're at in your life right now. Yeah. You know? it. It's. It's a journey that's not even done. Like we, it's funny because you, when you talk about sobriety, and I, I love talking about sobriety, and I love how we can have these candid stories. And you and I have had these conversations in front of people that don't know you. And, yeah. And uh, you know, some of my friends that you've been over at the house, and you start talking about you know smoking ketamine with porn stars, and guys start looking at you like you're crazy. She and was then, a porn star at the time. And other guys, and other guys are now interested and want to hear your story. Right. You know? And I think one of the major problems is is like this this conversation that you and I have had where we have told some dark jokes, uh, and we've only apologized because it's recording. <laughs> you yeah. know, like we would we would have never even thought twice. And it's not even real yeah. apologies. Yeah, and we wouldn't even thought twice of even being like, oh, you know, trying to explain that. Like we under I understand you're going to joke around about doing math, and like yeah, that's how you get over that shit sure. is having these conversations and being able to admit like fuck, it was good. But I know I can't do it anymore. Right. Fuck that. It felt like shit. Like, it, but therapists don't want you to say that. They don't. Oh, don't go. Don't don't focus on the good part. Don't look. I can't block out like why I got addicted to this. What yeah. it was like. If I if I'm ignoring why that ever happened, I'm saying no, no, no. It wasn't ever good. Well, what happens when relax comes back, and it feels good for a moment? I still have to recognize. Be like, no, no, no. I knew it felt good, but the bad way outweighs it and you're I right think it's i think it's a problem when you're talking about like we're heroin earlier or whatever and we're like yeah uh we talked about or you mentioned like the hangover feeling of coming off the drugs yeah 
it's so crazy. It, even booze, like you know, you have what a few a few fun hours of booze followed by forty eight to seventy two hours of feeling like Whoa. absolute dog shit. I've never done meth. I can imagine like meth. Yeah, you stay up for eight days. Well, if you stay up for eight days straight, I imagine like sixty days of feeling like shit, too. dude. <laughs> you know, it just it it for whatever reason. But we're willing to put up with the long term effect for those short term gains, and I think it's just kind of society and people and it's just so easy and we're always looking for this uh way to make life easier i think it's kind of the, the moral of the the story here is life is hell going back to talking about like mental health and health yeah right uh, you were talking about like that was the name you wanted to go with and it's like just understand that some parts of life are going to be hell, and you just got to walk that fucking journey. You yeah. got to do it. And there ain't anything that's going to make it easier. No meth, no fucking Dilaudid. You got your hand blown off. Dilaudid feels great and all, but when the fucking Dilaudid wears off, your hand's still gone. The pain's going to come back. I don't, we were talking earlier about pain, and I said, you know, I don't think pain ever goes away. I just think we get used to it. Sure. And so, you know, we take me medicines to disguise it. Or hide it, but at the end of the day, you come on that fucking medicine, the pain's still there. Yeah, you think you got surgery and you take, you know, you're like, Oh, I took Vicodin, I don't, I don't have any pain. It's like, bitch, they still cut your skin open, they still cut their nerves, they still cut through this, they still cut through that. Yeah, like you're gonna fucking have pain regardless if you take the Vicodin or not. It's just when, yeah, do you want the pain now or you want the pain later? And we're so okay with being like, I'll take the pain later for the gratification now. Yeah, it's a careful, it's a dangerous game we got to look out for, sure. I think that's where my whole um, outlook on talking about it and being open, because like I'm a little bit too open sometimes. Like I'll meet somebody and if yeah. they have, they throw out like a keyword that I know, um, not necessarily that they're looking for that conversation, but at least they're yeah. like receptive to it or, or could um, understand a little bit of it. Like I, I try to be as transparent as I can about it. I think to remind myself but also, and that's a big part of this podcast is like trying to help someone, you know, because yeah. you've the, the only way you could learn how to do something is from someone who's done it. Probably. I mean, OK, somebody could read a book and have never been to Mars, but they could tell you all about Mars. I understand that. But like when, yeah. it, when it comes to drug addiction, you know, specifically. It. It's a it's a tough thing. But but when I was in the middle of my what I was about to say, I don't know if it is even valid, because when I was in the middle of mine, there were plenty of people telling me that this is bad for you. I, I, I just wasn't ready to hear oh, that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. need that. That's not what I need. And I don't know what I needed. And I said on the one of those podcasts, like I again, a fucking paradox. I. I said I wanted to feel something, but then I think a couple minutes later, I said comfortably numb. Yeah. And I don't know if those are the same or I don't know if they can be used in the same context when it comes to that. But what if it was both at the same time? Yeah. And who fucking knows, you know, well, when you're when you're in that brain space, like numb is a feeling if you've only ever I felt guess, pain. I guess if so. you only feel pain, you don't want to feel good. You just I don't guess. want to feel the pain. Yeah. You want that numbness that. So I, I, I get the paradox there. Going but, back to that word. but it's not a way. So feeling now, there are a lot of times when I don't want to, but what I do know is that I would rather feel that than go. I just told Alicia not that long ago, if I ever, if something terrible happens, 
when I say terrible, I don't even feel comfortable saying out yeah, loud, but like yeah. my family, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. would be the only fucking thing that would drive me. And I doubt yeah. I would let it. I, I really do, because now I know what I know about who I am. But yeah. if, if I were to ever slip again, it's going to be the last. Like, I know that about myself. Like, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not going through this a fucking again. Yeah. I won't be telling this story ever again. This sobriety and like off of schedule one narcotic story. I yeah. won't be telling it again. And but that's like fear enough, you know, because I haven't, I'm telling you, since I made that decision, September 21st, 2017, since I made that decision, there hasn't been a day when I'm like, you know what would make this day better is a fucking glass full of speed and fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just like, I, I had to go through that. Yeah. And I shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go through that, but I, my personality mental health i don't know what the fucking deal was but i needed to fucking i needed to be at rock bottom i needed to feel that fucking whoa dude life is pretty good here you know i i guess i i can't explain any other way because knowing what i know now it's like fuck nobody should go through that yeah yeah it's you know one of the things like we are the bad parts of us just as much as we are the good parts of us. They are what made us. Of course. And then what is bad and what is good and can you turn bad into good and your good can be bad, your bad can be good, you know. You're wanting to do good by the world and you're raising all this money for all these people and then you get obsessed with money, you start taking cuts and everything. All of a sudden your, your good became a bad. Yeah. Where, you know, you were bad, your bad part of you, the addiction portion kind of, made you the good person you are though and same thing with me like i think so i think you know the 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 beating and abuse and the shit that i've been through that i've taken through life whether it's from you know father or you know the world or war or you know whatever it is whatever beating i've had to take throughout this life well it made me who the fuck i am yeah and you know what i wouldn't want to change it so like part of me likes what my dad did and how much of a prick he could be at times you know he, he had his good moments too i'm not gonna sit here and yeah dog on my dad there were plenty of parts of uh, my life that i love and we had some good times but man he could be a fucking prick yeah but then i got into the army and it was kind of easy in the army right because every all the old guys that were pricks and yelling at me were just like fuck my dad yelled at me who gives a shit yeah like, and then you know i get my hand blown off <laughs> and i'm just like eh, who cares whatever like you got to keep going. Like life's been bad before; it, it can get bad. So it kind of, it kind of gave me this edge and made me who I am. And now people that know me, you know, that's that's, I'm not, I'm not really like a tough guy. Like you know, I wouldn't describe myself as like I'm not going out beating everybody up, proving I'm tough. What makes me tough is the beating I can take. And, right. And I'm 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 thankful for that. You know. Right. From my dad, from the military, from you know where I grew up, it was just having to fight, grow up that way. I'm not. I'm not going out fighting anybody. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. I don't have to prove my toughness anymore. But it made me who I am. Sure. So I would never want to take away all these bad parts of my life. Yeah. I gotta say, I can't I, have it. Right. I can't. Ha- I can't be who I am without it. No. And my story, dude. We, me and you sitting here talking. This is not cool. If I don't get my hand blown off and you weren't a fucking drug addict and you, we weren't, sure. you know, in the military and all this, like our story doesn't mean anything. And, and it it may not mean anything to anybody, but to somebody. To me and you, this absolutely. Is, honestly, what it comes down to, this is just me and you bullshitting. We're right. just having a good time, sharing stories that you and I'd be doing any fucking ways. Right, right. I, I have to say that I wouldn't change my whole thing either. Of course, I wish I wouldn't have put 
all these people through that. Yes. I that that's something I'll never exactly change. Yeah. But you're right. Like the one thing I know just at work, let's say, I you know, when it comes to welding certain type of mechanical things, like yeah. I'm not the best guy on paper for the job, but what the people that I respect at work know about me is that you know, I won't quit. I yeah. it just I I won't like go oh that's enough for me for today if you if we're still at it i'm fucking right there with you yeah and if i need to learn something i my guy well my welder buddies that have taught me how to weld at work i'm like can you do it once so i'll stand over them with my hood but when i was learning and still i am of course but yeah i watch them how they run a bead and then it, it, i might need you to do that one more time for me but after that you know so it's like that um that grit and stuff you know yeah. that that it does go a long way and of course that all came from our mistakes or childhood or yeah. it came from life period doesn't even matter where it came from if you got it you got that's it. what i'm Whether right it's me or you right or anybody else it don't matter where it came from yeah if you got it you got it you don't you don't for I mean, sure but it's helpful yeah it can be if you can harness it and like find a way it can destroy you, yeah, or it can be your everything. Yeah, you know, it can be the, you know, like I said, they, we could have let all this stuff destroy us, who, are, whatever. But I make a living off of yeah, the bad things that have happened to me. Yeah, and we're not talking about this podcast; it's just in general, right? My job, I wouldn't have it without the bad things that have happened to me. My for sure, all, uh, everything I, I owe to kind of the rough upbringing in the non-easy way of life that i had i don't know that anybody actually has an easy way of life i don't know i wouldn't even know what that is and what that exists because boring when you get into people's minds it don't matter like you know it's so funny like the way we grew up what was the first thing we did though we were like all right we want to get in a nice neighborhood i want my kids to have a nice oh. place to live and dude st charles <laughs> county means you're rich yeah. and then now i like look at my kids and my kids are like trying to act tough with me and i'm like bitch you ain't hard you little yeah. suburban soft yeah shut up yeah and it's like you know i'm almost we're almost doing our kids a disservice by being softer on them because but we don't want them to we don't want them to grow up like us so here comes that paradox bro. right we're, right Overusing that title of yeah, day. it's funny because I, I gave credit to the GI Bill. I think I learned the word paradox through Clive Barker. He was a horror writer. He did the Hellraiser series. He wrote Hellraiser and all that stuff. I learned that word from Hellraiser. I believe is where I learned paradox. I heard that word and I had to look it up because I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? When I was a kid, yeah. I so, like I said, I learned it from The Departed. So yeah, I guess it doesn't movie. matter where you get it as long as you can somewhat use it correctly. Yeah, and that's and. Oh, yeah, that's what's funny. You learned it from Departed. I learned it from Hellraiser, and I'm giving credit to fucking college over yeah, here. Yeah, Like, they right. did something good. Shut up, college. You, right. didn't, you didn't teach me anything like that. I think about that with the kids, um, and I I don't know if I should say it or not. Well, I don't know if I should say a bunch of shit to my kids that I say, but that whole, like, struggle thing, and right? So if every parent's goal is to give their children a better life than they had, which I think is the goal, or at least we've imposed that goal on ourselves as Americans or parents or whatever that came from. Yeah. We're supposed to give our kids a better life than we had. But by doing so, do you actually rob them of some of the, um, drive? Well, the drive, but the fucking, the, the, the rat 
sense of survival and like the fucking cockroach where like I, you can take all this shit away from me. You can take this fucking house from me and take me right back to poverty. I'm still going to find a way to hustle myself yeah. out of it and I'm still going to be productive and like all of those shit. So I, I don't think we're robbing them of that because those um, those lessons and and all that stuff that we learn, we're we're instilling it into them. But it's like they get it with Nike fucking whole sweat outfits and, and yeah. fucking, you know, Lululemon bullshit. And yeah, it's it's different because no matter what, you can't falsify or, like, create that bit of hardness for your children. Like, Nor do you want to. Yeah, so it's like if you want your kids to grow up and have a better life than you, you got to... They got to have some sort of drive. Well, for us, the drive was we had a shitty life. We want a better one. Sure. Right. To you get know? across that bridge. Exactly. You, yeah, it was like, damn, everything's greener. The grass is definitely greener over there. For We've sure. We've seen it. Nobody's lying to me about the grass being yeah. greener. I've fucking been there. My it's rich family. Greener. All, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so we've seen it. We felt it. We wanted it. We tasted it. So then we have this drive. And then you, when you actually accomplish a better life than your parents, uh, which I don't think anybody would argue that we're living better than our parents did. Of course. Did. Um, and that's not a shot at our parents no. or anything. It's just, you know, hey, we... Hard work. and We did, you know, that privilege, I guess. Yeah. You know, joining the military. You know, I was just... It's circumstances. It doesn't know? even matter. Yeah, right. There, there were so many circumstantial things that made right. made it easier for me to raise a family than it was for my family to yeah. raise me. Uh, you know, but once you... Without having that hard life i wouldn't have desired this one so then now i'm giving my kids an easy life so they're not going to have the desire to do better than me is my biggest fear but i also think their kids are smarter and more resilient and when fucking puberty kicks in everybody's life sucks anyways like yeah i think the reason why teenagers all suck is because they all get sex hormones and don't know what sex is and have no idea or they're trying to get it and can't get yeah. it or whatever you know, you're getting testosterone and estrogen flying through. You have no idea. Like, it, you're just so fucking confused, and everybody hates you, and you look funny, and guys are, you know, guys are getting way bigger than other guys, and you're fucking getting acne, and, you know, women are growing boobs, and the other women don't grow them. Like, everybody has their, whatever their hardness is, like, they they have something in their life that makes their life hard. Yeah, it's on its way. You just yeah. might not have met it yet. Yeah, it's just some of us have harder shit than others, and that's what I... I was talking to a doctor this past weekend play hockey with him great guy um he was talking to a buddy of mine about uh you know struggling with mental health and i had to tell him like look doc i'm not trying to be disrespectful question you i didn't say all these words but i'm saying these words now i wasn't trying to be disrespectful and question his you know doctor's opinion his professional opinion right right but I was trying to explain him, like, hey, at the end of the day, someone's got some fucking darkness that goes so deep. No matter how much therapy, all that shit, it doesn't, get, you know, you know, there isn't doctors on the earth that can take it out of you. It's just ingrained into you. Yeah. And it's just how you deal with it. Right. You know? And unfortunately, you know, doctors, pills, it can't, it can't help. We got to we gotta do this. We got to talk to each other. We got to, you know, some guy, somebody could listen to this and then be like, man, if I had those guys in my life to talk to, it would help. Or just to know they're not alone. Yeah, to know they're not alone. Or like, you know, some people just need somebody to talk to. It doesn't have to be a fucking doctor. It doesn't. They just have to feel a like-minded person that they were like, you know what, I, uh, 
I relate to that person. You know, how often is it? How often does music feel like it's written for you? Right. Or a movie character felt like it was written yeah, about yeah, yeah. you? That's true. You know, because we're the star of our own life, right? For sure. I don't. I don't even know what I look like. Yeah. Because I use a mirror, and that's two dimensional. Yeah. I'm three dimensional. Yep. So I've never seen the three dimensional form of myself. I don't know what I actually even fucking look like. Right. You know, so, but so I'm the star of my own fucking world. I'm the star of my own life. I don't know what everybody else is in 3D. I'm the only person I've ever seen in 2D. Yeah. You know, um, not the only person ever, but they get the, you get the idea. Uh, what I'm you know, but uh, so it's so easy to be like, you know, these guys relate, or I can relate to that story. But then you can relate to a story and none of them people are around. Yeah. You know, there there might be somebody in, you know, bumfuck Arkansas or bumfuck Missouri or yeah. wherever, uh, middle of Denmark. You know, I was talking to these guys from Denmark, middle of Denmark that uh, nobody's around to talk to. They can't relate. You know, these are dudes from Denmark that were fucking in Afghanistan. I'm talking to sharing the same stories that we're sharing. Yeah. You just don't just a different lens. It. Yeah. And these guys talking about like just needing somebody to talk to and like, how playing hockey with these other guys from Denmark uh, that were in the military, how that's been such great for, so great for their mental health because now they're around like-minded people, and that's what it is about getting that like-minded circle around you. And if you got a like-minded circle around you that likes to do drugs and have fight, and or likes to do drugs and fight and cause chaos, you know that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. If you like, if you got like-minded people around you that want to get better and want to improve their life and make the world a better place and raise their family the right way you got to get those people in there too chances are you'll yeah yeah and i with this podcast when i when i do these or when i've done the five or seven that i've done total in my life after listening to 10 15 years of it yeah i still go into it very positive and i feel creative and and it's like this thing but I know that comes along with, and I'm talking to all you people, I know that comes along with, like, finding my voice, they call it, right? And so I don't always, I think this was good, um, just as far as you and I going back and forth, because I don't want to always come off like this positive dude and all, all, like, like too much, right? Because there's a lot of that false positivity out there, too. And I I would never want to fall in that thing. I just went through my own little depression thing a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it's like it fucks me up still a lot too. But um, I guess my whole my whole goal, and in the description of PJ Sun podcast, is have some fun and try to help people along the way. And it's yeah. like I think that just being able to sit around and talk about this for two hours and nine minutes, this is for sure our, our longest one so far. Yeah. But, but being able to sit around and talk about this and it goes by and it feels like 15 minutes is... Um, we just sit down. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like uh, that That thing, Like you, I don't have to always be positive, but if I have an outlet, whether it's calling you on the phone or calling Gomez in California or what, whatever the thing is, it's like you can sift through that stuff enough to get through the day. So... I always use this thing on these where if for some reason you want to hear my fucking voice while you're cutting the grass and be able to just vibe out for a few, like that would be a huge accomplishment for me. You know what I mean? Like, and so I don't, I don't always want to come off on this. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I don't always want to come off as this fucking positive dude who doesn't have bad days. I mean, clearly if you just listen to this last two hours, 
we both go through a lot of stuff and it yeah. does it doesn't go away it just gets more manageable and easier there. you yeah, know it's but never went away. i just want because that's what i like when i listen to a podcast yeah. when i listen to some shit i just i just want to vibe out and not think about it for that half hour drive home when i walk in that house it's time for homework and dinner and sports and all that and i'm i'm yeah. all right with that i'm i'm prepared but uh, on that half hour drive home from work i just want to fucking go and just laugh or whatever yeah and i think uh you know if if you if people are listening still or ever uh you know i think you kind of get the sense that this is how all of our conversations go if you listen to last podcast you're like man dom and tim just sit back and relax and just they can just go on and on about all these hard things and they're like have a good time with it and they laugh and joke and everything but you know i i don't think people what they don't see is the other conversations we have the the hard conversations the fucking i'm fighting with my wife and my kids are pissing me off and i want to fucking i hate the world and i just yeah. don't i can't do this anymore or you know they're a the you know my body pains are too much and the fucking brain damage i've been through and not being able to remember what i did yesterday and waking up and my hands don't even work I'm just, like this morning like waking up and the amount of pain i woke up this morning for no fucking reason uh you know we're not we're not talking about that so i think that people would think that we're always positive but there's plenty of negative that goes on and we we got to it on the last podcast it's like if 99 percent of our life is no shit 99 percent of post-war is positive man that's three four months of of negative of negative yeah. you know bad of bad times i've definitely had three months and four months of bad times sure. in the last 18 years hell yeah i mean we've talked you know we mentioned you said a few weeks ago i've said you know back in june i was going through some things or we'll get into it one day yeah i'm sure yeah, yeah. Or, you know we'll, i got you we'll talk about that you know one day i'll get into that stuff with other people right now uh can't it's just yeah it's one of those things that you just kind of i gotta i gotta figure out i gotta i gotta work things out in my head i gotta work through my own things and before i'm before i'm willing to discuss with that and i think people don't people don't see that side and when you when you're always putting this you know positive face forward and you're finding your voice it it scares people to to show that side of them sometimes because they always want to be the positive person they always want to be that person and i think for me that for a lot of guys around me, I've always been a guy that people could come to in their dark moments. Yeah. And uh, that makes it tough when you're, so you got to be careful about being that positive guy because then everybody always brings you your dark shit. For sure. And that's rough. For sure. You know how many guys have come to me and been like, dude, I had a gun in my mouth. Yeah. Do you know how many guys I've told that? Zero. Right. Right. Am I saying it's never happened? I'm not saying it never happened. Yeah. But I ain't never told anybody. Right. You know, and, and it's because I've always been the person that people would come to. And I can't be the guy to be like, yeah, you know, I've been here. I've been like, I don't want to be that guy. And I definitely don't want to do it when you're doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, I don't, you don't want to be the guy, like, if a guy comes to you and be like, man, I had a gun in my mouth last week or yesterday. And you're like, well, last week I had a gun in my mouth. That gets back to what we were talking about, what we hate about the military. Exactly. And it becomes a, a measuring contest. So yeah. it, with that positive voice comes a little bit of a weight on your shoulder you got to carry. So. Yeah. You know, it. I am glad that that's not all you want to be. That we will get dark, or you will get dark, and you will, you know, have bad days. And you got to be able to come in here and be honest in those bad days. Yeah. And to kind of go off of something, we got to go get kids off school bus yeah. people. Um, you were just saying a minute ago. If, if, whomever 
That was correct English. Whomever? Yeah. Pretty sure. Don't quote me, dude. Yeah. Is listening, can't relate, hopefully, what you and I have just done can help them help somebody else, right? Yeah. And if they can relate, well, then we might have just given them two hours and 15 minutes of, of just being able to go, fuck, all right, yeah. I'm not the only not fucking the only weirdo that I know, yeah. and, and it, it, it is okay, and if these dudes can do it, so can I, and all that yeah. type of shit, you know? So while it doesn't have to be some upbeat, positive, this is what I do every day, and 500 push-ups, and that'll make you better. I don't do none of that. While it doesn't have to be that, yeah. it can transform into that if, if like that, if you're, um, if you're looking for that today, you yeah. know? So either way, I think it's helpful. Yeah, I mean, being able to relate to people is important, and I think that, you know, these stories we're sharing are important. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for conversations and like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. And then we became, you know, brothers after yeah. that. And it's so it's so important. So, if you know, if, if there's one person out there that's listening to this and, and it's helping them and they're saying, man, I can relate to this, I'm going through the same thing, uh, you know, I've been through that same thing, or, or I've, I'm in a different part of the trench. I'm still in the trench. You fuckers got out of the trench, and we get it. Keep fighting that fight. Yep. You know, that's you know, the moral of the story here is, like, if there is a moral story, there's probably a million morals of the story, but for me, yeah. the moral is, like, there's been plenty of darkness in here, but if you, anybody that knows us knows we're two pretty happy guys. Pretty happy dudes. We're two pretty happy guys. We got two pretty good lives. Yep. Uh Better you than know, we deserve, probably. Better, definitely better <laughs> than I deserve. You know, I have a life that I I do not deserve whatsoever. A wife I don't deserve. Kids I don't deserve. Yep. Uh, just I don't I don't know. Maybe that's why it feels so good because I never feel like I deserve exactly. anything. You know, hold on to it. So, you know, if you're out there and that's you, keep grinding. Heads up. Keep your head up. Don't give up. You know, keep the good fight up. If it's addiction, if it's PTSD, if it's whatever it is, Got family issues, hand blown cancer, off. yeah, body parts blown off, you know, whatever it is, you just keep fucking fighting because you know what? We talked about death and guys actually fucking dying. We don't know what's on the other side. Yep. So you might as well enjoy this fucking one while you got it because yes, you sir. don't know what's on the other side. Regardless of what you believe, you don't know shit. No, sir. All right, man. Well, hey, this has been a good one. Yeah, I had a blast. I man. had Thanks some fun. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got anything you want to go off on? No, I think I, I think that last one was good enough. It I was just, pretty I, good, I, bro. I just stop right there. I yeah, think. a good artist knows when a painting is done. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us, and uh, check us out again. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.